Nobody makes it easier to stay on top of all of your health concerns than Meridian Medical Services. Hey, it's JMV. Call them today, 317-925-0811, and schedule your heart screening. I know my situation. You should, too. Make the call. It is affordable. It is easy, and you will know. 317-925-0811. Nobody's more affordable. Nobody's easier than Meridian Medical Services. Call them today, 317-925-0811. 11. What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard, a pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, A-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, shout out to you for being with us on this Thursday. It is the Larceny Bourbon Locks and the Luna Azul Tequila Shots Thursday. Now, we'll tell you that our normal betting analyst, Brent Holverson, is not going to be here today. He is out of town. So I believe Kyle Unimark back at the station, he knows Brent's picks for this week in the NFL starting tonight with the Bills and the Patriots. So Kyle will run out his picks coming up. In our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luno's Oil Tequila Shots 4 o'clock hour. And we're at Parks Place Pub in Fishers, which is certainly noted for some mats. Uh, some mats in ownership. Matt Sleeter normally does these selections. I think Matt Sleeter is out today, too. I don't know what is going on with the out. I think maybe it's business. I know a lot of people are, are under the weather a little bit right now. People tell me they're battling bugs, battling sickness, battling flu, whatever. And if you're like me, I don't think I've been sick since, what, 1986 or something like that. It's absolutely incredible. But that said, and that means I'll probably get sick coming up tomorrow that I said that, but we're going to have Matt Whitlow that's going to step in for Matt Sleater and give the Parks Place pub picks for this week in the NFL. All that and more, and I hear... And I'll have to check on this for sure, but I hear that Brent Halverson, our betting analyst from Heaven Hill Distillery, has actually given up his credit card for what we normally get here, which would be the free samples. And you guys know how we roll with free samples around here, fantastically enough. That's what I hear. That's what I was told. And this is where we are in Fisher's my third day in four days to be in Fishers and really in about a five mile radius is where we are right here but glad to be here glad that you're here coming off what was a fantastic night of basketball now the Pacers notwithstanding and I'll get to that the other part about me as you know I stayed up until about 3 30 in the morning between watching basketball and I watched the entirety of the Pacer game don't ask me why I guess I'm just a glutton for punishment in Sacramento last night, but then I had to go back and forth with uh, with a phony baloney that I go back and forth with in Twitter battles last night, right? So about 3.30, I go to bed. About 5.15, I get up. So I got up here today. This is a true story. I get up here today at 12.30, and I have been asleep in the truck for the last hour and a half until my guys, Cam and Zach, 
uh, pulled up here a little bit earlier. I've been asleep in the truck until they got here. So I feel good. I got a little power nap out in the truck, and I'm fired up and ready to go. But, man, what an atmosphere last night in Bloomington. That looked hellaciously fun. And you got to love the fact, starting with IU, you got to love the fact that it wasn't one of those games in which they ran away by 20, 20 by any stretch. But they served notice on how good that we expect them to be and how good they expect themselves to be. And I think it was more impressive to me. It wasn't like these outrageous offensive numbers and running up and down the floor and dunking, but they just locked down. They locked down defensively. They did a lot of stuff that a lot of us and other numbnuts talk about all the time defensively. You know, we try to break down the defensive end, and I mean not just me but everybody, and it's laughable because none of us wanted to do it. None of us at all wanted to really do it, and they did it last night. I was more impressed with that than anything else. They were absolutely working on the defensive end, North Carolina, ragged. It was as fun a game to watch especially in that environment with two of the majors, two of the Blue Bloods out there playing. Trace Jackson Davis has a Trace Jackson Davis game. They end up winning by 12, but it never felt like that was even close to being a tight game. I think what, maybe Carolina cut it to seven with around five minutes or so to go, and he still didn't feel like they were going to be close whatsoever. It was, across the board, an impressive win. And it's one of those wins where when everybody is talking about you and everybody's telling you how good that you are, that's when you have to back it up. And I'll get to my point regarding the Pacers with that in mind coming up in, in just a bit. But that's when you have to back it up. And the same holds true for Purdue. I mean, mileage be damned. Going to Portland and coming back and then going to Tallahassee and now having to go to Minnesota. All that travel be damned. That's your schedule. That's what you have to do. And that's what they did last night. And I know that Florida State was a one-win team and they've been a mess so far this year. But here's what you could tell in watching that game last night. You could tell this thing was going to be competitive into the second half because Florida State made shots that I'm certain a one-win team has not made so far this year that green the transfer from what central florida he was making everything that he put up i mean everything that he put up was going in and that kind of shot making ability that's sustained into the second half that's a tough situation too you talk about the travel you talk about all the love that you're getting you know winning the phil knight legacy then you go down there against the team where everybody's talking about, oh, this is going to roll them up. Leonard Hamilton team, they suck. They're a one-win team. And those guys came out there, and they came ready to play. And then not only were you ready to play in front of a very sparse crowd, but not only were you ready to play, but you had a very, very high level of shot-making ability for about a, a half and a half, if you will. I mean, really into the second half, and then Purdue really started to get some distance between themselves and the Seminoles. But not seriously. You can look at it as a one-win team, but I was impressed just because of all that you hear, all that's been talked about, all that you expect 
That was going to be a tw- tough one last night, even against a team that has not performed well whatsoever. Butler gets a much-needed home win last night. You got five of the starters in double figures as they knock off a good Kansas State team last night at Hinkle Fieldhouse. I know a lot of you went over there to see that. That was great to see. And I've got to give a shout-out to my Indiana State Sycamores. How about the trees are 7-1, and one, and you look in the Missouri Valley Conference, and most people that cover it had picked Drake to win it. And when Drake came to Terre Haute, they really wanted to get a little bit of inspiration behind it. They had a blue out over there, and they were talking it up and everything. Um, and if you sat and watched that game last night, Indiana State's pretty good. Indiana State is pretty good. They have some transfers. Carvassier McCauley, who I believe attended Manuel here and then went to DePaul. He was the guy that comes off the bench, but he is a certain go-to guy. They have, they have some dudes. They have some athletic dudes as well. But to be able to survive, they go up double digits in the first half and then have a really bad close to the first half. Which that, those are some things you're going to have to work out. Those are things that you watch all the time, how a team closes a half a play, or in this case in the NBA, how a team closes a quarter. And Indiana State didn't close that first half whatsoever good last night. But they hung in, up eight, going to the half. Second half, there was a lot more Drake Bulldogs than there was anything else, and they have guys that have been there and done that. DeVries, shot-making ability. They have guys that can play, and Indiana State got behind. Indiana State got the lead back, and Indiana State held on for the win. And we're going to talk to their head coach, Josh Schertz, coming up here in the 4 o'clock hour about their 7-1 start, about the season so far. And I'll have him introduce you, especially if you're a basketball fan, to some of these guys that many of you may not know. And I was taking the word from Greg Regstraw. Greg Regstraw went over there and did a matchup they had with Trinity on Sunday. And Greg had told me, these guys are going to be legit. He goes, these guys are legit. These guys are going to be surprisingly good within the Missouri Valley. Because I know a lot of people suggest the Missouri Valley is going to be down. And maybe it's going to be. You know, obviously Belmont is a part of the Missouri Valley now, too. You know, Valpo is not, you know, very good either. But Drake was, and that was impressive last night by the Indiana State Sycamores, and their head coach is going to join us coming up in the 4 o'clock hour after our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila shots. I want to make sure I get all over the map as far as college basketball last night because for all of you local folks, it was a fantastic night. IU did exactly what we expected. IU did exactly what had been talked about. And IU kept the hammer down. You know, I mentioned Trace Jackson Davis a little bit earlier, who had the 21 points, and you can always count on him. But you look across the board, and as I've talked about, Xavier Johnson, that is the key. And as I told yesterday, I forget who I was talking to yesterday about it, if he can stay, I think it was Kevin Bowen, if he can stay between the lines, no pun intended here, They have a pretty good chance of being one of the, if not the best, right up there in that elite level of college basketball teams. Hey, listen, everybody's going to take their bumps and their bruises. It's going to happen to Purdue. It's going to happen to IU. It's going to happen to Houston. It's going to happen to all those teams. We've already seen it happen to Gonzaga, to Duke, to Carolina. It is inevitably going to happen, but it's how you sustain and how you hang together. 
And if there's one person on that basketball team that has to keep it together, it's Xavier Johnson. Because to me, you know what you're going to get from a lot of these other guys, including Trace Jackson Davis. You know what you're going to get. But a night like last night is what you want every single night. And that's what is going to make the ultimate difference. And you look at Xavier Johnson, as far as point guards are concerned, I know sometimes he might drive you nuts, but when he is in control, you feel pretty good. They really started to take off last night, and I don't know if this was Trace. I don't know if this came from the bench. I don't know if this was just on-the-court recognition from his teammates. But when they finally started to consistently get the ball on the interior, man, big dudes have a tough time handling the quick moves. And the first move that Trace made, if you remember, back to the basket, he goes left. And I think it was even Jay Billis that mentioned there was zero hesitation whatsoever. He just went strong hand and went right by Baycott and went in either for a dunk or a layup or a short jumper, whatever. But once they realized that they needed to address Trace Jackson Davis on the interior more than they were. That's when they offensively started to take off. And I'm telling you, every team has one. Every team has that spark plug. Every team has that guy. And I think we are seeing Trey Galloway kind of morph into that type of guy that you can count on on both ends. I think oftentimes... Other teams, other players just don't recognize how athletic this dude is. This guy is athletic as hell. I don't think they recognize it. Tough as nails. Exactly what you want. And played and gave them big minutes last night. When you look at both Purdue and IU, you got to love the fact that they all feel that they can go deep into their bench. And all feel good about whoever's on the floor and then whoever goes to the bench and comes out. But at the end of it all, they're still going to lean on those guys that are all Americans. They're still going to lean on Trace. They're still going to lean on Zach Eady. But you know that you have a number of guys that are going to be able to help get you there. Going through a tough time. You know, maybe Mason Gillis isn't shooting very well. Maybe there's a struggle. We haven't seen Edie get into foul trouble yet. It always seems like that when they go to the bench, there's always somebody. Trey Galloway is that somebody as well. And we were talking to Brian Evans yesterday about Malik Renew. He's gonna be, he is ready. You know, Brian had mentioned this dude is ready for the Big Ten right now. And there's absolutely no question about it, man. Both teams are absolutely loaded. And you saw that. You saw that front and center last night for both IU fans and Purdue fans. And there's a reason why you should be excited. People were tweeting at me last night saying, when we see these two teams meet, what do they meet in February, I believe? Both of those games are in February. That is going to be incredible. Now, again, you've got to keep in mind, they're still going to be a lump or two. I mean, I used to got Arizona and Vegas. They got to go to Allen Fieldhouse and play sucky Kansas, which I hate. That still has to happen. Big Ten is going to be tough regardless of what you might think. I think Purdue's got to go to Minnesota. So Purdue had to go to Portland and then back, and then Tallahassee and then back, and now Minnesota and then back coming up on Sunday. IU gets Rutgers. 
And IU is what IU should be. And really, Purdue is the same way. You see a great deal of maturity and connected players. That is what is going to make these two teams the best they can be. And you can see it. You saw it in two different aspects last night, two different, completely different basketball situations. You saw the talent. You saw the maturity. You saw the relationship, the connectability. You saw it all right there with both teams. Different set of circumstances, don't get me wrong. Because Carolina is not great, but they're a much better team than Florida State. But, man, that Florida State team last night, I'm sorry for anybody going in a half-ass empty arena where nobody gives a crap down there for the Big Ten ACC Challenge with a one-win team. That team had some shot-making ability, and I think they shot it all out last night nearly in that first half going into the second half. That's, that's a dangerous team. And IU and Purdue will encounter this on the way. So set the expectations as high as you should. I don't blame you. But there are going to be some bumps. Going to see some of those probably in the month of December. Now, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, too, regarding expectations. So I'm watching the Pacers last night, and they got absolutely depanced by Sacramento. Here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that you go back, and if you're them, you watch that tape, and whenever the hell it is, I'll have to check. When Sacramento comes to Indy, I hope that the Pacers are able to hand them a depanced. And I know it's Sacramento, and nobody really cares. But if you watched the game last night, that was borderline circusy. Sacramento was having a really good time handing out a beatdown to that Pacer team. That crowd was as loud of a crowd in Sacramento in a early December Wednesday night game. I'm assuming that you're going to find anywhere. And the Pacers went out there, and here was the Pacer problem. And here's what we're going to get into. We, you, are going to set a level of expectations that they're not capable of reaching, even though you've been impressed with the way that they played so far. They're just not going to be capable of reaching some of these expectations, and you have to temper that. Like, I go in every night thinking, especially the way they play in first quarters, is there a first quarter this year where they don't come out of it going into the second quarter down double digits? Seems like every game, every game at some point in the first quarter, they're down 12 or 13 or 14. That's something that has to get fixed. I don't know if you're going to be able to fix it with this group. And we've all been so excited, and we've all been looking for something to embrace, and I don't blame you one bit. The Colts stink. They're as disappointing as anybody. All you've heard, yeah, they've got to be good, and they're postseason, host a playoff game, blah, 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 the AFC, and all they've delivered to you is a big, fat turd in the punch bowl. That's it. It's all they've given you. And then you're leaning on this Pacer team because they've been surprising. Because they had that level of expectations. You're going to be cool with losing. You started the season being cool with the Pacers losing. i got to remind you, still with this team, you're going to have to be cool with them losing. Because they're going to. You might as well accept it. And they're going to have nights like last night. And here was the problem with last night, if you're ready. You had two guys that were going back home. 
or better yet, going back where they started their NBA careers. It's where they formed, where they started their NBA careers. Both had that agenda on their mind more than they did anything else. And I'm talking about Tyrese Halliburton, and I'm talking about Buddy Heald. And it was incredibly detrimental to somebody that I like a great deal at Halliburton. Halliburton was not in the right frame of mind last night. He wasn't in the Tyrese Halliburton, what we like, how impressive he has been, how good he has been for this team. He was not in the right mind because all he had to focus in on getting some get back on his former team, showing out in the place where he used to call home against his former team. You saw turnovers. You saw inexplicable passing from him that we haven't seen in a long time. And that was because of that dynamic in Sacramento. And Buddy Heald, Buddy Heald the same way. Buddy Heald probably got in his dome a little bit because for whatever reason, the Sacramento Kings crowd booed him every time he touched the basketball. Maybe it's because I didn't pay attention to Sacramento basketball when he played there, when Halliburton played there. But I didn't know that he wanted out. I didn't know that he was a problem to where you would boo him like the crowd would Victor Oladipo or Paul George here. Didn't seem like that he had that Oladipo-George kind of deal going when he was in Sacramento, but that's what the crowd chose to do. Uh, He was kind of a mess. And then we'll get to 33. If, If 33 is going to give you, let's just say this, if he's going to give me that type of effort, which he gave last night, then you need to go sit down because it was not there. As much as I want to support the guy, I can't support that. And it wasn't Sabonis giving him the business as a former teammate and a friend. That's just Miles playing down. He's playing down. What he did last night, he gave fuel to those that dislike him, to the fire and whatever, the rage And you guys all know these jackasses, but he gave fuel to it last night by playing like that. And it was at the start of the game. It goes into the second half. He never lifted himself up off of the carpet. And everybody talks about the maturation. Everybody talks about the evolution of Miles. That is when you find it is going to be ultimate. It's easy to play when you're feeling good, right? It's easy to do your job when you're feeling good. It's easy to do my job when I'm feeling good. But really, when you have those moments when things aren't going your way, when you're not feeling good, when the ball's not going down or the rebound's not bouncing to you or your threes aren't going in or you're not getting the ball off a high ball screen and dive, those are the moments in how you handle that. That's what defines you more than anything else. And last night I was incredibly disappointed with that. As somebody who sits here and takes a lot of junk, and really, I I bring it on. It's me. All right, I'll take the blame for that. I'm the one that kind of dives into it and starts firing back. I guess I kind of take that. It's funny. It's funny. The other night, I think it was the gore man actually had had called me. He goes, hey, man, what are you doing? You act like a bully. I'm not acting like a bully. I only act like a jackass when somebody acts like a jackass to me. But I can't lie about it. I do find a little bit of fun late at night doing that. I do. But I would rather it be to where I didn't have to. And you didn't see a night like last night. So you go back to the Clipper game, and that wasn't a good game. Fine. Get off the plane. Get off the bus. You know, first game of a long seven-game Western road swing, long NBA season, I can understand that. 
But I don't know if this group last night on one side was too hyped, on the other side with Miles wasn't so much, and there was just no connection. One of the things that really has made this team fun to watch and special to watch is their relationships, is their connectivity to one another, their cohesion with one another. And these guys last night, they were all over the map. Now, Sacramento's knocking down shots. Everything was going right. They're an up-tempo team. They're up and down the floor. The Pacers looked a couple of steps behind most of the time. But you had guys that just weren't playing to what we have seen them play. Halliburton wasn't. Heald wasn't. Miles wasn't. Jalen Smith had a really nice game going and then got popped in the grill. I don't know what his deal is going to be for Utah coming up tomorrow night. But that's when I have to remind you that you have to expect with this team crappy nights like that because they're not as good as what they've shown you so far, just like they're not as bad as to what we thought they were going to be at the start of the season. And nobody's excusing it. That's why we're giving them the business right now. They deserve it because that was a bad, bad game last night. It was a bad watch. So we'll see how they learn from that, how they grow from that, how they mature from that. Because that's a part of this process. It's not all easy. I mean, if it were winning and just being able to shove it up everybody's rear end because we all thought that they're going to be a 25-win team and everything's rosy and fantastic, that's one thing. But now, now you're coming off a game where you get two dudes at home, they probably got embarrassed there last night. I don't know how against a friend of yours and a former teammate. I don't know how 33 feels today, but it's probably not very good about the effort and the game that he put forth last night. And we'll see how they respond coming up on Friday night in Utah. That is going to be the challenge of growing, the challenge of getting better. And I think we have to, again, we'll recalibrate, readjust our thoughts on this team as we should because they're not as bad as we've talked about. Not as bad as we all thought they were going to be, but they're certainly not nearly as good as what we thought. All right, we'll hit that coming up at 239-1070 if you so desire. 69th minute, is that Croatia just going up over Germany 2-1? What's that? Oh, that's Costa Rica. Oh, Costa Rica. What did I say, Croatia? This Croatia kind of looks like that too, don't they? Kind of similar colors. Was Croatia playing earlier though too? So Costa Rica goes up 2-1 on Germany in the World Cup at the 69th minute right now. We got that on. I think Spain and Japan with Japan up 2-1. I have no idea. Somebody else is going to have to tell me the ramifications of both of these matches. But let's just say this. In the 69th minute, in both in these World Cup matches, these are surprises scoreboard-wise. Japan 2-1 over Spain. Costa Rica 2-1 over Germany. These are surprises. All right, I've got time for you at 239-1070. All the basketball conversation that you want is right here. Regarding college hoop last night, regarding the Pacers last night, I'll dive into some Colts stuff as well. The injury to Kenny Moore, the preparation for the Cowboys coming up on Sunday. Mike Chappell's going to join us at the 5 o'clock hour. It's going to be Kyle Udemark in for our betting analyst, Brent Halverson. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots coming at you in the 4 o'clock hour as well. 
Josh Schertz, the head coach of Indiana State, is going to join us in the 4 o'clock hour. Impressive win over Drake last night at the Holman Center in Terre Haute for his Sycamores. And on the other side, Boilermaker fans, I'll give it to you from both sides here. Basketball and football. Tom Deanhart covers the Boilermakers. He's going to join us. We'll talk about their win over the Seminoles and Hoop last night. My man's crying right there for Germany. Their win uh, over the Seminoles and then the Big Ten title game coming up on Saturday. That matchup with the Michigan Wolverines. Tom Deanhart's going to join us coming up on the other side. Parks Place Pub. We are in Fishers today. It's a Larceny Bourbon Locks. Lunazul Tequila Shots. 239-1070. Jump on board. We'll get on with you coming up on the other side, whatever you want to talk about. It's inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Waving at you right now. The stream, the app, HD Radio, and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. One, the this, ride with JMV. One, is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, going to welcome back to Parks Place Pub. We're in Fishers today on a Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shot Show. I just saw... Matt Whitlow, he's going to do the picks in for Matt Sleater today, and it's going to be Kyle Udemark for Brent Halverson. We got folks out. But we're here as well, doing what we always do on a Thursday in Fishers at Parks Place Pub. People are watching Costa Rica and Germany and Japan and Spain. Both surprises right now. Actually, Germany has leveled it up. See, leveled it up. You like that, don't you? Costa Rica, Germany tied at two right now, 74th minute. Uh, meantime, Japan 2-1 over Spain. Also, going on in the 74th minute. Before I get to Tom Deanhart, I want to talk some Purdue Boilermaker hoops and football with him in just a second. Mark wrote this. You're a freaking Debbie Downer today. Stop it. You ain't getting me down. They needed this frustration. No. I'm telling you exactly what you got to do. You got to manage expectations. There's no downer about it. I just gave you exactly what happened in that Pacer game last night. That was it. That was absolutely it. And I'm telling people to manage their expectations. They're not as good as what you thought. They're not as bad as what you thought. There's no Debbie Downer in that. There's absolutely, positively, 100% truth in that. From somebody that knows and watches every single night, that's what happened. And I'm speaking to a lot of you that probably didn't. I don't blame you. That's why I can give you a much better angle than probably you can give yourself if you just peeked at a box score. That's exactly what happened last night. No Debbie Downer on it. I'm telling you to expect situations like that. You got to make sure you manage those expectations. 
in a night like last night compared to a night like Monday night with that game winner against the Lakers. You've got to manage the expectations. That's the real. Andy Moore, Automotive Group Potline right now. Let's get some Boilermaker conversation in here. Tom Deanhart joins us now. We want to start with the basketball squad before we get football-wise, Tommy. First, that was, that was Joe Tiller's old famous line, you have to manage expectations. So, yeah, yeah that's well, that's exactly it. With, I mean, with, it, it, see, here's what happened last night with basketball. For the most part, it was a great night. I mean, for IU, for Purdue, for Indiana State, for Butler, I mean, it was a great night around here. And then you go and you watch the Pacers, and everybody is more than mildly surprised about their start this season. And they absolutely get blown off the floor in Sacramento. And you see some things go down that are uncharacteristic for the good times of this team. And I just got to explain to folks that just like you can point the finger at me and go, hey, this team is much better than what you thought it was going to be, JMV. You're going to have nights like last night. And this happens even with a good team in the NBA in December. Nights like last night where, you know what, you're not as bad as what you look, but you look really bad. And that's what happened last night in Sacramento for the Pacers. And, you know, things like, like you said, John, things are never as good as you think, and they're never as bad as you think. And, you know, fans are called fans for a reason. And it's, what, December 1st, December 2nd? This is an 82-game yes. season. So, yeah, even for the college season, too, you don't want to rain on anybody's parade. Fans want to celebrate and be happy. But it's November basketball, too. Just remember that. We have a long way we to so- go. But, you know, it's a long way. It's, it's fun, though. Hey, Tommy D, we have never lived in the moment, and I mean moment by moment, of sporting events and sports stories in general more ever than we do right now. It is a second-by-second thing. I never thought we were going to be this way, but, man, that is where we are. I really don't know how much further we can push it because we're like second-by-second, possession-by-possession. This team sucks. This team's good. This team sucks. This team's good. Possession-by-possession, and there's no going back to this. Plus, we can all share our thoughts on social media, too. Everybody knows what we think. So you're right. That just amplifies the uh, the moment-by-moment angst that you're referring to. So it's nuts. And um, we always want more, too, don't we? Once we get a taste of a little bit of success, we want more. I'm sure Purdue fans will, will think the sky's falling the moment the basketball team loses one game. So, yeah, you just got to, like you said, manage expectations and just try to enjoy uh, enjoy the moments they're trying to analyze and overanalyze it. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And that's just what's going to happen, especially with a young, growing team like that. And you know what? It's going to happen. It'll happen to Purdue in hoops. It'll happen to IU in hoops. It is a long season, and you're going to hit some ruts. Now, last night wasn't one, but Tommy D, I will tell you this. With a one-win Florida State team, and they're coming out, and they're throwing everything in the world in. And that shot-making ability that you haven't normally seen – from Leonard Hamilton's team this season, when that sustained into the second half, you knew that even with a one-win squad, the Boilers on the road were going to have a battle on their hands, and they did. Typical kind of a, a true road game, right? And you're, you're always going to get, probably get pushed to the wall. You're going to have those moments. But I, I was watching last night, too, and that's the kind of game, John, that good teams find a way to win. When everything's not going your way, when the other team's maybe playing above its head, uh, you have to withstand that that punch in the nose and still find a way to win. And, and, and that's exactly what happened. And, and again, hats off. Again, that was a great Florida State team. Like you said, that was a trap game for Purdue too, right? All the way across the country, basically, after that big high of Portland. 
crazy wins and impressive wins out there. You're going to sleepy Tallahassee, a bad FSU team. And they got on the way to win. Hey, Tommy D, I think your phone's kind of malfunctioning right there. Hold on one second. Kyle, I can't tell if it's my earphones or if it. All right, I'll tell you what. Kyle, stop down here for a second. Let's, yeah, I want to make sure that you're good. Your phone was kind of acting up. It was muffled. It was like Charlie Brown's teacher there for a moment. I want to make sure that you're heard. So, Kyle, let me know when you think that he is good enough to come back on. Yeah, we'll refire up a different line. I don't even know what I'm talking about here. What we're going to do is call Tom Deanhart back and get him back and talk about the Boilermakers last night in Tallahassee, talk about the Boilermakers against Michigan coming up on Saturday at Lucas Oil Stadium. All right, Tommy Deanhart is, is back right now on a better line or whatever I can make up because I have no idea what I'm talking about here on the Eddie Moore Automotive Group hotline. But, yeah, you're talking about a team that was playing shot-making ability-wise over their head. And you're talking about a Boilermaker team that's been really all over Hell's Half Acre and will continue to do that going to Minnesota up next. A lot of traveling going on. That is normally a recipe for disaster for the better team. And last night it was good to see the Boilermakers not put that in the category of one of those types of games when it came down to it. Yeah, again, like I said, that's sort of set up as a trap game. Um, coming off the high of Portland, the Gonzaga win, the, 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 the Duke win going across the country to play a bad FSU team and finding a way to win. And, again, a sleepy environment down there against a bad team that was playing above its head. So, again, good teams find a way to win those, those crazy tough road games. And uh, they, could, they actually played Minnesota at home on Sunday. So they're, they're sort of nestling back in here. They've got F, I know, a game of Florida A&M. They come to Indy to play Davidson. They've got New Orleans. So they've got some, some home cooking here coming up to maybe – Sort of just kind of get their feedback under them there after that hot start there out west. Last night, you look at IU, for example, Trey Galloway is a tremendous spark. I mean, on both ends of the floor, running the floor, all of that. Who is the, the kind of Trey Galloway the Boilermakers have as that end-to-end, you know, spark, both ends of the floor type of guy? Maybe it's a guy we're talking about with Braden Smith that has the ball in his hands often. You know, maybe it's a lawyer. But who would you define as that type of player Matt Painter has guiding right now with his team? The guy who does a little bit of everything that, that I think is, is sort of in that role is, is Mason Gillis, really. Um, doesn't always have the ball in his hands, obviously, but is in fa- impactful on both ends of the court. Always plays hard always hustles, can make shots, can do the dirty work under the glass, can defend. Basically, John, he's the kind of guy you always know what you're going to get every game from him, and you can't say that about a lot of players. So for me, he's the guy that sort of fits that bill for Purdue. Yeah, and everybody needs one, certainly. And both IU and Purdue go really deep into their benches with rotational players that matter a great deal. It's Tom Deanhart talking Boilermaker Hoops with us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. So Zach Eady goes from one year to the next, 19 minutes per basically on an average a year ago, to now in the neighborhood of 29. Were you at all surprised that he was going to to physically, win-wise, be able to sustain his high level of play with the, the added consistent minutes that he now gets as the centerpiece of this Boilermaker team? I think that's one of the biggest revelations of the season is that ability to play those extended minutes without Travion Williams. Um, could he really hold up physically, cardiovascularly, uh, to play an extended minutes? 
not just extended minutes, John, but playing extended minutes at a high level. And he's done just that. I mean, you know, saying National Player of the Year is awfully heady talk at this point, but I think he's got to be in the conversation to be among the top five players so far in this young college basketball season. He's just been incredible, honestly. His ability to stay on the court. And as you know, if he gets the ball deep, it's over. I mean, he really can finish. The big key, obviously, is always going to be to be able to get him the ball. Can can they consistently get him the ball on the blocks? You know, Purdue's never been a real guard-oriented team. They've always been post-oriented. And as you know, the post is relying on somebody getting in the ball. And we've all seen Braden Smith so far. He looks like a guy who could really maybe be a, a, a guard who could feed that post. So, Tom Deanhardt, Golden Black Illustrator with us. You know, about 82, the one thing that Matt Painter and I had talked about a couple of weeks ago was, again, that constant fear of, of foul trouble, if not consistent foul trouble. How to you has he been able to sidestep really no foul issues whatsoever in the early portion of the season? That's a good uh, That's a good question. I mean, you know, just the ability to have more awareness, I think, around the basket. But sometimes you just don't, have, don't know how games are going to get called. But the ability to stay out of foul trouble has, has obviously been a big benefit. Having Caleb first, you can sort of play that de facto five, helps as well, too. So you're right. Not having him on the bench for extended stretches has really benefited Purdue. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I, I, I took a sneak peek ahead of their schedule. And if you're a really optimistic Kool-Aid drinking Purdue fan, there's a good chance they could be 14-0 and as they head to Ohio State in early January. So, uh, again, this is, uh, this is very unexpected, John. Most people have this as, what, a fourth or fifth or sixth place Big Ten team. Probably was like an eighth or a ninth NCAA seed. Now they look like they may really contend for the Big Ten title. It could be a top four NCAA seed. Tom Deanhardt of Golden Black talking Boilermaker hoops. Let's move on to football. Big one at Lucas Oil Stadium coming up on, on Saturday evening. How does Purdue potentially hang with a Michigan squad? that I, I didn't think they had that offensive capabilities, especially on the road against a team like Ohio State. But, you know, as much as it looked like Ohio State's defense was, was bending and breaking, Michigan's offense looks like they are in legitimacy mode right now. How do the Boilermakers handle that on Saturday night? Are you going to be there? Well, I'm going to be at the pre. I'm going to a pre-party. I know that. I, it's, I'm just trying not to get too drunk to walk over there. <laughs> it's going to be it's obviously because they got their hands. So we talked to Brian Brom this week, <laughs> quarterback coach. We talked to Ron English, who's the defensive yeah. coordinator. Both guys said this is the best team they've seen all season. No, no big revelation there, right? Offensively, such a physical team. And the one thing that surprised people last week, I think you were alluding to it, in Columbus was the, the passing game, right? And J.J. McCarthy going deep. I mean, really caught Ohio State off guard, which was playing to stop the run. So Michigan can beat you. We know running the football, and they can get you passing, too. There was news, obviously, an hour or so ago. You probably saw it. Blake Corn, their star running back, is going to be out for sure. He's going to yeah. have surgery. So Donovan Edwards stepped up last week and was fantastic. So I'm not going to cry for Michigan's offense. And defensively, too, boy, front to back, especially the back seven is very good. He had the defensive player of the year up front, too. So for Purdue to stay in this thing, I think they got to try to possess the ball as long as they can. Having Devin Mockaby, the Southern Indiana kid, he's got to be one of your favorites, right? Yeah, Boonville, Indiana. That's that's the pride, the pride of Warwick County down there, Tommy D. Let me tell you, the pocket conference. 
uh, I tell you what, if they, can, if they can run the ball and try to get some balance, that's going to be key on offense. They're going to need some big plays. You're not going to be Michigan trying to march on 10, 12, 11 play drives consistently. So can they keep the ball and get some big plays? Can't turn it over. And defensively, again, you've got to try to prevent the big play, obviously, and see if you can turn Michigan over three or four times. And the big question, John, is going to be this. Is Jeff Brom going to reach into his bag of tricks? Why not? I mean, you've got nothing to lose. You're a 16-point underdog. Michigan's supposed to roll you. Why don't you let, 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 just let it all hang out? Have some fun and, and do all you can to try to, to pull this crazy upset. Tommy D, what was Maccabee's other options to play football? Where were they? <laughs> he was going to go to Navy. He had dribs and drabs. He had some Ivy League offers. Hey, I, this is going to bum me out, too. Indiana State passed on him. <laughs> Wait a minute. I gotta, I'm going to have to call Kurt Mallory stat here and see what happened there. Send a text when you get off the line here. There's kind of rub draw about that. I got to know that the dad pretty well and his uncles. So, anyway, yeah, he was going to go to Navy, then Purdue swooped in July of 2021, gave him a walk-on offer. And here we are, just a couple of years later, um, four-string tailback in August. Now he's honorable mention all Big Ten, the hub of the Purdue offense. And, you know, on top of everything, if you ever get a chance to talk to him, he's just a great, great young man. So it's been really fun to watch the story blossom this year. Boonville, Indiana. Once upon a time... Uh, this goes way back when I was probably around 10, maybe something like that. The uh, head coach at Boonville was Joe Amiano, and my mom was uh, good friends with the family. So I was I was down there a couple of – this is way – this is a long, long time ago, going way back. But The head coach sounds like a guy named Darren Ward who played in Indiana. Does that ring a bell well, at all? Who's that again? Darren Ward. He played football at Indiana. He's the head coach yeah. at Boonville. Yeah, I got you. I got you now. Well, and I was going to bring up, too, I mean, you, you talk about Warwick County, and obviously, you know, Evansville, certainly in the past, they've been known to, to pump out some some high-level players. And, I mean, if you go, you know, along the river, you go further down to, to Heritage Hills and, and that area around Jasper. I mean, you, you can strike some gold that maybe you didn't think. I mean, Southridge is another one. You can strike some gold that maybe you didn't think was, was there. I mean, Forest Park, for goodness sake. Had the, uh, what's his name, um, the tight end that, that went to Harvard and then played for the Bears for a couple of years. Well, I got, um, some, names as, I, I got some names for you. Ken Bilger was from Evansville. He was a yeah, tight end. Yes. Illinois. How about Kevin Hardy? The great yeah, Kevin Hardy. He, he was Evansville Harrison, right, Kevin Hardy? Yeah, and then how about Jay Cutler? Santa Claus, Indiana, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I mean, right it, listen, there. you can strike gold down there if, if you're not careful. And uh, certainly... Purdue has. All right, what do you think when it's said and done is going to happen on Saturday night, Tommy D? I think Michigan wins and probably covers, honestly. Just, just you know, too much too much physicality on both sides of the ball. They're going to win in the trenches. You know, win or lose, John, people think they're going to get an, a, a, a college football playoff bid, but they certainly don't want to lose. So I think, again, their physicality in the trenches is really going to be the difference in this thing. And they'll probably maybe it's close for a half. I think Michigan kind of wears them down in the third and fourth quarter. Here's the thing that stood out to me, Tommy, in closing, when you mentioned that you, know, you wanted to see Purdue to be effective, possess the football. Is Jeff Brom, is he patient enough to do that? <laughs> That's always the key. You never know. Depends on what, what Jeff Brom you get on what day of the week. Because he definitely has shown an impatience 
if things aren't working, dribs and drabs in that ground game, he just wants to chuck it, you know. That's going to be key. you got to stay patient. Because if they're throwing the ball 50 or 60 times, it's probably not going to be ideal. Yeah, no doubt about it. Tommy D, it's always a pleasure, man. Thanks for jumping on and give us the uh, Boilermaker landscape because it has been one hell of a week if you're a Boilermaker fan. There's no question about it. Hey, John, you know I love talking to you, buddy. Be good. Tommy D right there. Tom Deanhart, Golden Black Illustrated on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Highline. I would think about that more so than anything else. When he talked about possessing the football, time of possession for the Boilers offensively, it's one thing to say that, but can the head coach stay patient with it? That's, I think, where you start right there. All right, Boilers, Wolverines coming up on Saturday. Speaking of which right now, how about this, Kyle? Number 9-239-1070. You want to do this? Bullseye Event Center, bullseyeeventgroup.com. The pregame party I alluded to with Tommy D a moment ago is going to take place in the Bullseye Event Center. All you can eat, all you can drink before that championship game. Boilers and Wolverines, the party three hours before the kick at the Bullseye Event Center. Number nine at 239-1070 is going to go on me and my good friend, Kyle Kinnett. Now, if you don't win, you can still get your passes to the best party possible. But right now, number nine at 239-1070 is a winner from Parks Place Pub in Fishers. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots Thursday with 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Parks Place Pub is our location today. Always having a blast. Getting ready to do our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots for... Week number 13 of the NFL. Now, again, uh, we're here. Great food, outstanding beverages, obviously. And we have Brent Halverson's credit card to use. So if you guys want to lock in a cocktail or two, come up and see me. Uh, my man, uh, my man. I don't know if he knows what he's getting into leaving the card here. So <laughs> we shall see. Uh, no doubt about that. So anyway, come join us. We're going to have a blast here. I promise you that. Kyle Unimark is going to go with Brent Halverson, uh, again, our gambling analyst and his picks. Throughout this week 13, we're starting with Buffalo, Buffalo and New England tonight as well at 8.15. Matt Whitlow joins us. Matt Whitlow is in here. Normally it's Matt Sleater that does it, but Sleater is uh, not presently accounted for. Do we know where he is, Matt? We know? He's actually working. He's working. Yeah, I know. All right, so working. But you you feel comfortable in doing this in his stead. You've done it before, so it's like old hat to you anyway. Yeah. I so, mean, I don't win a whole lot, but well, that's we'll okay. See what that's all right. Well, yeah. I mean, you 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 got to know here um, that not a lot of us win a lot here. 
We all we all need to have that understanding, I think, before we start. And by the way, too, um, because of the results in the World Cup, I think Germany was a winner, right, over Costa Rica. Spain lost to Japan. But because of the results, Germany is out. So they are not advancing to the knockout round of 16. Germany going home. There it is for you. Oh, yeah. USA, Netherlands coming up Saturday morning, 10 a.m. You guys yeah, we'll be going to be cranked up and ready to go to watch that, are you? Yeah, we'll be open about 9.45. Have you guys seen a good World Cup viewership audience here in your place during the tournament? Yeah, the first two games we were 100% full. Um, the last game, I guess everybody took their vacation last week and we were, <laughs> we were a little bit down. But, I mean, it was still a good crowd. Yeah, it's fun. Yep. Soccer fans, they get excited and get crazy. Well, I mean, this only happens for, you know, a time every four years. And for, right. you know, the Americans to watch, it's been eight years right. since they've been a part of it. So, I mean, hell, it, would, it would stand to reason that you would get a great deal of excitement. All right. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, I may have to. You guys are wanting me to give you a fair shake at some bullseye passes for Saturday. I've got bullseye event group passes for you. That VIP tailgate before the Boilers and the Wolverines square off in the Big Ten title game. i got to figure out how I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to do that. But you guys want it inside the lounge via YouTube Live. We'll do that and more on the phones with you coming up in a minute. All right. Now, I know that Matt Whitlow is ready. I know that I am ready at Parks Place Pub. In for our good friend Brent Halverson is back at the station, Kyle Unimark. Kyle, are you ready as well? I think Brent has some interesting picks here, but um, yeah, I think he's ready because he's. Well, I think he's over five hundred on the year, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, he is. He's. I'm under fifty percent, kind of like my algebra grade back in the day. Is where I am right now. But you're ready for him, Matt. You're ready. Yeah, let's go. All right, I'm ready. Kyle, cue the band. You got double duty going on back there. Week thirteen of the NFL. Starts later on tonight in Foxborough. The Amazon Prime contest at 8 to 15 features Buffalo and New England. The Bills are three and a half point favorites. Honestly, the Bills have not been all that exciting. They were out of the gate. We thought that that was an absolute can't miss. There is your AFC Super Bowl rep, and they may very well be when it comes down to it, but kind of wanting to get into late season, regular season shape here. I'm going to go ahead and lay that three and a half and take the Bills on the road tonight. Matt, what say you? I'm all over the Bills. Matt's all over the Bills. Kyle Udemark, Brent Halverson says what regarding this game tonight? He's on the Bills as well. I guess he doesn't believe in uh, the Mac Jones Patriots offense. 8-15 again tonight. Buffalo and New England. Buffalo, the three and a half point favorites in that. I think we're all kind of feeling it a little bit. To the Sunday games we go for week 13. How about the Steelers coming off that Monday night win here? All their fans are packed into the joint, right? On the road in Atlanta against the Falcons, where the Falcons are one-point favorites at home. That's a 1 o'clock start on CBS coming up on Sunday. I'm going to... Lay the one and take the Falcons at home. I don't think the Steelers do it back-to-back fashion. Matt, what do you think? I'll take the Steelers, man. Kenny Pickett looked good against us, and I'm hoping it wasn't just us making him look good. Kenny Pickett looked good. George Pickens looks good. They've got a nice little epicenter of offensive players at the skill positions you like moving forward. Kyle Udemark back to the station. What's Brent Halverson say? He doesn't believe that Kenny Pickett is actually that good, and it was just the Colts secondary that was making him look that good. So he's taking the Falcons, minus one. 
One o'clock to start. Green Bay on the road in Chicago. And probably one of the reasons why Brent Halverson, who is an avid Packers fan, is not here today is because his favorite team is an absolute disaster, a mess. But it looks like everything's going to be okay for Aaron Rodgers to go out there again. I don't know really what that means. I don't trust Green Bay. Chicago stinks for that one o'clock start at Soldier Field. Give me the four and a half points that the Bears are getting at home. Give me those four and a half and give me the Bears. What say you, Matt? I'll take the Bears, man. Justin Fields will run for 200 yards probably against this Green Bay defense. Four and a half points. You're laying if you're Green Bay. If you're a fan or not right now, it's a struggle for me to do. Do I even have to guess, Kyle Mark, what Brent Halverson is doing with this? I was going to say they could probably have you play quarterback for the Packers on Sunday. And Sweet. Brent's still going to pick Green Bay to cover that spread. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's tough on me. The way that they have played, the team that they are right now, I mean, that's exactly what they are, and what they are is not good. 1 o'clock, the start. Jacksonville on the road at Ford Field against the Detroit Lions. The Lions, a one-point favorite. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to lay that one. I'm going to take the Lions at home against Jacksonville. Matt, what do you got? I like the Lions as well. Offense looks good. Brent Halverson is thinking what, Kyle Udemark, about that matchup? He's with both of you, the Lions, right there. One o'clock to start the Jets in Minnesota. Somewhere, my man Tommy S. is excited about this one where the Vikings are three-point favorites at home against the Jets. I'll tell you what, Mike White gave him a little uplifting performance at quarterback last week. I can't trust the Jets on the road, and the Vikings have at least consistently been really good this season outside of that Dallas game but consistently good is what they have been. Give me Kirk Cousins, lay the three. Give me the Vikings in Minneapolis at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Matt Whitlow, what say you? I am with you on that one. I think the Vikings roll. Kyle Unimark in for Brent Halverson. What's his call? Three for three. He must not be a Mike White believer. Tell you, Mike White looked good. I'm a skeptical about the whole decision, too, and what you're doing and turning things over. But I'm going to tell you what. You know that a Jets quarterback played well when Mike Greenberg spent five days this week in a four-day week so far talking about Mike White and quarterback in the Jets. So that's the telltale sign right there, although just not good enough to go ahead and take them on the road in Minneapolis on Sunday. Another 1 o'clock start, the Washington Commanders on the road against the Giants. You know, that start with the Giants kind of fading a little bit right now. Here's what's interesting about it. The Giants actually getting two and a half points at home at 1 o'clock on Sunday. I'm going to take that two and a half and take the Giants at home against their divisional rival, the Washington Commanders. Matt, what do you got? I am going against you on this one. I think Commanders are rolling. They figured some things out. I mean, they got rid of Carson Wentz, so it's it's probably a win for them. And sometimes that's magical, just not been magical here, I guess, getting rid of Carson <laughs> Wentz. It hasn't worked here. It seemingly works everywhere else, yeah. I guess, but here in Indy. It happens. Kyle Udemark, what's Brent Halverson say? I think he's got uh, some thinking similar to you. Two teams going in opposite directions, but two and a half points at home for the Giants. He's yep. taking the G-men. Gotcha. One o'clock to start. Tennessee, this is going to be an interesting to watch, too. Tennessee and Philly. Tennessee was a bit disappointing last week, I would think, to a lot of folks. There's no doubt about that. And, you know, Philly has just become the front runner to win the Super Bowl this year. It's coming out of the NFC, no doubt about that. All right, you got a one o'clock start. That game is on Fox in Philly coming up on Sunday Five-point favorites are the Eagles at home. 
as much as I do normally like Tennessee, I'm not going to take them right here. I'm going to take Jalen Hurts, and I'm going to take the Eagles, lay the five at home, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Matt, what do you got? I'm going to go against you again. I think the Titans' defense will have it figured out and stop Jalen Hurts running the ball. I would like to feel that way, alas. I just can't against the Eagles. Cal Unimark, pinch hitting for Brent Holverson. What do you have? I think Brent should be a little bit concerned because your picks and his picks are awfully similar. He's taking the weird. Eagles minus five. Eagles minus five right there for Brent Halverson and me, by the way. The Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Zul Tequila Shots, week 13 of the NFL season, live from Parks Place Pub in Fishers on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. Another 1 o'clock start coming up on Sunday. Denver and Baltimore. And this Denver team has been lackluster. They are locked in to Russell Wilson for a number of years. And there probably has not been an individual player this season as disappointing as Russell Wilson has been. They're getting eight points on the road. Road dogs in Baltimore. As much as it scares me to do this, I'm going to go ahead and lay the eight and take the Ravens at home because if there's something I don't trust in the NFL right now, it is the Denver Broncos at 1 o'clock in Baltimore Sunday. Matt, what do you got? I'm with you. I don't think the Broncos can even score against the Ravens, so we'll take the Ravens. All right, Kyle, what's Brent Halverson have for us? I think one of the few teams more disappointing than the Colts this year are the Broncos, so he's taken uh, the Ravens as well, minus eight. All right, this is a game I guess we've kind of all been looking for. I guess it depends who you are. Certainly in Cleveland they are. They gave up so much in a trade for Deshaun Watson. And Deshaun Watson is up and practicing and off of the suspended list right now. One o'clock to start in Houston, and it just uh, works out this way. The NFL always has it work out this way. So you get Deshaun Watson going back to Houston. That should be interesting in itself. Seven-point favorites on the road are the Browns with Deshaun Watson under center. I... um. I'm going to lay the seven and take the Browns on the road. I don't know if that is more about the philosophy at quarterback where they're going now or if it's more about Houston just being dog crap bad. I'm going to lay the seven. I'm going to take the Browns and the debut this season of Deshaun Watson on the road against his former team, Houston, on Sunday at 1 o'clock. Matt, what do you got? I got the Browns as well. I don't think it matters who their quarterback is. Again, you or I could probably play quarterback in – with those weapons, beat the Texans. Well, I mean, you or I, uh, Jacoby Brissett, yeah, it's all kind of worked <laughs> out that way. There's no doubt. I just, yeah, Houston, um, yeah, Houston's not a team that I can take right now under any circumstances. But what about a revenge game, according to Brent Halverson, Kyle Udemark? This one's a little bit of a surprise, I assume, because you got that seven, that football number. Houston is at home, maybe a rusty Deshaun Watson. He's taking the Texans. I, um... I would expect that it's not going to be smooth by any stretch. I just can't trust Houston to do anything, I guess, other than when they they play and tie the Colts like they did in week number one. But that's your 1 o'clock starts. Let's go to 405. We'll advance to Seattle and the Rams. Well, the Rams, I mean, they really they sold out to get that Super Bowl title a year ago. And I think a lot of Colts fans would probably say, hey, that would be great. But they are paying the price right now. No Aaron Donald. I mean, you got a completely banged up Matthew Stafford that hasn't played as well. They are getting seven and a half points against division rival Seattle. That is coming up on Sunday afternoon at 4.05. I'm going to go ahead and lay the seven and a half, and I'm going to take the Seahawks on the road in Southern California Sunday. Matt, what do you got? I'm with you. Seahawks. Geno Smith's 
doing a good job managing the game. So What a mess. It, Kyle, do you think it's worth it having a Super Bowl season last year and then being an absolute mess a year later? It's yeah, worth it, I right? I think so. You take I mean, the Super we, Bowl over anything. What, we, I think we would all sell our souls for a season like that, right? We have a, we have a mess and we didn't win a Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a mess here and you don't even win your division and then you're just going to kind of piddle fart out of the postseason here pretty soon, mathematically speaking as well. What do you got with Brent Halverson? If you showed somebody this line in week one, Seahawks seven and a half point favorites on the road yeah. against the defending Super Bowl champs, you would think, what in the world? There has to have been some mistake. But he's taking the Seahawks on the road. There would be laughing going on with that number, but that's just the, the disaster that the Rams are in now. I mean, Cooper Cup missing time, Stafford missing time, Donald's now out. But, I mean, you look back to last year, and if you were to ask – you know, one of the five Rams fans out there and some of the entertainers jumping on the bandwagon, they would probably suggest to you that they would take it. 405 Dolphins. This might be the game of week 13 right here. The Dolphins and endless amounts of offense on the road against Frisco with just a stout defense. How are they going to handle Tua? How will Garoppolo handle the offense? This to me is a 405 humdinger. And honestly, if you're NBC, why do they have the capabilities of flexing this? They did. I'm yeah. Assuming I'm assuming that you go with Dallas and the Colts on Sunday night because you know that Dallas is that level of draw, right? Dallas makes up for the ineptitude of the Colts in that game. Are we right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Television wise, that's what I'm assuming because this is this to me is the game of the week right here. All right, four point favorites, Frisco at home. I'm going to take defense and the home team over the offense of Miami. Lay the four. Take the Niners at 405 on Sunday. Matt, what do you got? I'll take the Dolphins. I think that offense is too good. I think Tua is on fire. You get a clash. You're getting a clash right here. I like the clash a great deal. All right. Brent Halverson, Kyle Unimark says, what about that 405 matchup in Frisco? This is the Mike McDonald game, isn't it? Yes. He returns, uh, so he's taking the sh- Kyle Shanahan, the, mentee, the mentor, and uh, he doesn't believe in the mentee quite yet. I just like the, I like the defense of Frisco over the offense of Miami, but it is going to be a swell game, to say the least. The game of Week 13 is that one coming up in Frisco on Sunday afternoon. 425, everybody, on CBS. What probably normally early in the season would have been a game for week 13 you get the Chiefs and the Bengals in Cincinnati the Browns probably going to be rocking I think the Bengals have finally found something now I haven't checked that is Jamar Chase coming back this week because I got to put him in my fantasy lineup he's playing oh there you go Jamar Chase is coming back alas I still cannot take the two points as Cincinnati two-point home underdogs against KC lay the two and take Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on Sunday in the Queen City what do you got Matt I'm going to go against you here. I'm going to take the Bengals. I heard a stat today. I love it. Lay a stat on me. That Patrick Mahomes is 44-2 and when winning by 14 points. Is that stat alone, Kyle, enough to? Guess who the two losses are to? Who, who is that? Joe Burrow. Uh-oh. Both of them. That's a hell of a stat right there. Yeah. Does that? I, wor- I work with a Bengals fan that will not leave us alone all day talking about the Bengals, so. Well, they are playing better. Don't get me wrong. Now, getting Jamar Chase back is a big deal. I just still, it just seems like this to me. I would still go with Kansas City. Kyle Unimark, what's Brent Halverson, our gambling analyst, thinking about this game? 
Well, this is a revenge game for the AFC Championship game from a year ago, so he's taking the Chiefs to cover. I dig a good revenge game, too. Don't get me wrong. This going to this going to come down to a field goal either way? Maybe. Two points going to be representative of it. They got good kickers. Too, I'm still so. I'm still going to take KC at 425 and Cincinnati coming up on Sunday. All right, 425. The Chargers, the Chargers, we're going to see the Chargers coming up. Uh, Colts fans, you will, later on in the month of December. They are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at Vegas. It does seem like that maybe Vegas has found a little bit of something. I, I haven't checked on the latest. It's Thursday still. I know that that they're expecting Darren, Darren Waller to get back at some point as well. That's just not going to be enough for me. I'm going to go ahead and lay that point and a half. I'm going to take the Chargers on the road at 425 in Vegas on Sunday afternoon. What do you got, Matt? I'm with you. I'm on the Chargers. I think they're starting to get a little bit healthy uh, on the offensive side. And, they're, I mean, Justin Herbert's great if he has targets. So. All right. That's uh, Matt here at Parks Place Pub. Kyle, you to Mark, what, what does Brent Holverson say about this 425 game? Well, this line is a bit of a surprise, don't you think? I mean, the, the Raiders, before last week, have been pretty terrible, but maybe that uh, big overtime win gives them some momentum, so he's taking the Raiders, plus one and a half at home. Monday Night Football at 8.15, ESPN, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. And I know that I think you're going to have a lot to give up, Kyle, in just a second. Um, I, I kind of think about this game in terms of the, the Buccaneers have played so down to expectations this year, but New Orleans is flat, especially offensively, been messy. There's no way in the world I can do anything offensively, not even taking three and a half points on the road in terms of New Orleans. So I'll lay that three and a half. Tampa Bay are the favorites at home on Monday night football. Give me Brady and the Buccaneers, Matt, on Monday night. What do you got? I'll take Brady and the Bucks as well. They've figured out how to win ugly lately, so I think that they'll win another ugly game. What do you have, Kyle Unamark? This is Brent's lock of the week, so he must believe more in Brady's ability to score points than uh, what they've been doing so far this season. This is his lock. All right, this gets us to Sunday night, and I'm assuming that it stays, it remains unflexed out of on Sunday night because of the Dallas fan base, the number that NBC expects to get having the Cowboys on Sunday night football because on paper, this thing looks like a dog, and Vegas recognizes this as well. The Colts are getting 11, count them up, 11, a big fat one and one on the road in Dallas on Sunday night. Normally, this number is way, way too fat. But when you look at, and, and also, I'll also give you this bit of breath of fresh air from a Colts standpoint. Oftentimes, they play well the better the competition is. Go back to Kansas City, for example. Played well, beat Kansas City. So it seems like that they do play well the better the competition is. The problem that I have is defensively, the way that Matt Ryan looked last week, you know that he's not getting any better throughout the week, and then he is going to be absolutely under siege coming up on Sunday night. So that is going to put me in a position in which I will lay the 11 and take the Cowboys at home on Sunday night. Matt Whitlow, what do you got? Regrettably, I think I'm going to take the Colts. I think that Saturday will motivate them enough to not get blown out. Uh, which they've yeah. proven to do. You know, I mean, they just they're, they hang around right now. Defense is going to be down Kenny Moore, right? I think I just saw. Yeah, Kenny Moore is not playing. But I don't know. I mean, if 
if anybody can get some protection from Matt Ryan, it's going to be Jeff Saturday. He may have to go out there and put a jersey on. Well, they may have to play more players because I don't know how in the world they're going to get protected from what, what Dallas yeah. with Micah Parsons and company bring to the table defensively. I, I would be more concerned about Matt Ryan if he's, you know, he will be starting playing the entirety of the game. Yeah, but I mean, to me, he is going to be under siege the Honestly, entire time. I hope they learned a little bit and they just hand the ball off. You know, like first and second down, we throw a bunch of passes that almost get picked off. Uh, I think if we run the ball a little bit more, um, I mean, we're not going to win the game. Don't get me wrong, but 11 points is a lot. All right. We'll go to Kyle Udemark with our betting analyst, Brent Halverson, and the final pick of week number 13 with the Colts in Dallas at 820 on Sunday night. What do we have back there, Kyle? Over under one and a half sacks for Micah Parsons on Sunday night. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Oh, this is this is a similar Matthew Judon yeah. stat to me. I mean, we, we thought that that was easy money. Remember going into that New England game, and, I mean, hell, Judon had that, I think, in the first quarter. Yeah. So I think this is easy money if you're going that direction. Take the over with Micah Parsons coming up on Sunday night. What's Brent Halverson say about the game? He's taking the Cowboys. Even, I mean, 11 points, that's the biggest spread for Week 13 in the NFL. But uh, at home versus that offensive line, that uh, pass rush by the, the Cowboys, he's taking Dallas. All right, guys, and the one thing I want you to think about is the Colts have, we have seen them against better competition rise up. I just think in the situation in which they are right now, and especially what the Cowboys bring to the table, that is entirely problematic and way too much to keep up with and way too much. Again, we'll uh, monitor Matt Ryan. Didn't look like that he could throw at 10 yards on Monday night against the Steelers. I just can't. Cannot think that he's going to look any better against this Cowboys defense up front coming up on Sunday night as well. Your Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. Week number 13 of the NFL live from Parks Place. We're in Fishers. Matt Whitlow did the picking here. You feel secure, solid about all these things? Yeah, I feel good. I, just as long as I do better than Matt Schleter did. Right. That's all that matters. That's to all me. that does matter. I, I hope he's listening. So Tell the folks out here what you're going to see this weekend here inside Parks Place Pub. Uh, you're going to see the United States hopefully take home a victory to start out Saturday morning. A bunch of good football, basketball, uh, finish the weekend with the Colts. Um, daytime games, uh, we, we need some Cincinnati Bengal fans to come in and uh, <laughs> root on the Bengals. You get a lot of Bengal fans we here in Fisher, a, do you? We have quite a few Bengal fans in here. Um, last year we had a gentleman that comes in here all the time dressed up as a Tiger. Okay, great. For a Bengals uh-huh. game. So. Makes sense. We have quite a bit of Bills fans, Bears fans, and Bengals fans, and obviously Colts fans. But, um, you know, it'll be a big sports weekend for us. Um, yeah. We've been busy. Well, and Just in general, though, I mean, everything that's going on. And I love it because the World Cup is also yeah. going on. And that just adds another layer of flavor to what is a fantastic time sports-wise. Yeah, and, I mean, you got the Big Ten Championship, too. Yep. I mean, yep. that'll be a fun game. Who knows? I mean, Purdue, let's be honest here, they're – been a basketball school lately, but they're playing for the. Well, I mean, what, what the hell? You might as well. Right. They may get blown out, but maybe they don't, and and who knows? I mean, so Ohio you're State there. Will play to the competition, most yeah. likely. That's kind of what they do sometimes. So, who you, knows? you, uh, yeah, you. I mean, you get that. Yeah, I love the way Michigan looked offensively last week, but uh, who knows? You're there, so you might as well make it happen. Matt, yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you, Matt Whitlow. Everybody, right there, uh, one of the owners here, uh, Parks Place Pub in Fishers, with our Larceny Bourbon Locks and Luna Azul Tequila Shots. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. Back to the basketball we go: IU, Purdue, Butler, Notre Dame, and my Sycamores of Indiana State, all winners last night. Their head coach is Josh Schertz, seven and one. 
are the Sycamores over in Terre Haute. The head coach of ISU set to join us on the other side. Your chance to win passes to the VIP tailgate before the Boilers and Wolverines from the Bullseye Event Center. Your chance is coming up in the next 20 minutes as well. Don't go anywhere. The stream, the app, HD radio, inside the lounge via YouTube Live and 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. I'm the boy, Prince. And. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Live at Parks Place Pub, we're in Fishers. Large City Bourbon Locks, Luna Zul Tequila Shots. Week number 13 in the books. Tom Deanhart, a little Boilermaker hoops, a little Boilermaker football. A little bit earlier, too. Mike Chappell's coming up at the 5 o'clock hour as well. Yeah, a lot going on. We'll get back to the Pacers coming up in a moment, too. And we talked about Sunday night football with the Colts and the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, 11-point favorites. The Cowboys at home coming up on Sunday night. All that and more back to you in just a second. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, I mentioned it was a great night. If you're a fan of a lot of our uh, local in-state college hoops teams, I mean, IU, Purdue, we talked about that. Butler, you know, Notre Dame, and my alma mater, now 7-1 and one of the season and getting a 75-73 decision over what more, many people, I guess, believe in the MVC believed to be the front runners in that conference this season and who the Drake Bulldogs and joining us the second year head coach Josh Schertz again on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline hey Josh thank you for the time how are you I'm doing great thank you so much for having me on I appreciate it you know I think you may want to stay away from graves the rest of the day because I think sometimes you can get way way too much Green County overload okay I don't want you to get too much Green County on you yeah, he's. I try to stay away from Graves just naturally. So this is just gives me an excuse to do so. So I, I appreciate it. No, he, he, I, uh, I, yeah, he's I love it. I love that. I love that he's there with you. I do. I love that he's there with you because especially, uh, and I know it's more than that, but I often think about where I grew up in a 90-mile radius of so many high-level basketball players, and sometimes that's untapped. And I know – I know beyond that, he's also got his finger on the pulse, but he's always been so good at that. Yeah, no, he's, I mean, I've known Matthew a long time, and he's, you know, there's nobody in the state, you know, you think about, you know, coming from a small, you know, a small town, uh, how about having, you know, three brothers all play at Butler? And, you know, that family and, and, and he himself, uh, you know, uh, sat on the bench there, associate coach for two national championship games. He's always been a, a you know, fantastic recruiter. Uh, he's got great basketball acumen. And then, you know, there's not many people or any of the people in the state of Indiana, you know, more respected than Matthew Graves in terms of, you know, uh, the kind of man he is, the character he is, and, of course, uh, you know, the, the coach he is. So we're, we're really fortunate 
uh, to have him here. And he was, you know, when I got the job, uh, that was the first person I reached out to. So that was no brainer. Yeah, there is. Uh, there's nobody more recognizable. When my man rolls up, everybody normally knows who the hell it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you, see the light, you see the light shining off his head, so that's really the only color <laughs> there. And then you know, so he, he, the, the, the light shining off, and then you go from there. But no, he's he is man. He's got a great way about him, great personality, and and uh, you know he's um you know he's he's Indiana through and through. But everywhere we go, he's. Uh, he's a rock star here, and, and uh, I'm just usually uh, the, the backup guy in tow, but he is an absolute, uh, in the state, a rock star, and, and uh, it, it's awesome. It really is. Josh Schertz is the head coach of Indiana State, getting a win over Drake. We're going to talk about that right now. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. So a friend of mine, a good friend, Greg Rakestraw, I think was doing the play-by-play mm-hmm. for your team's game against Trinity on, on the legend over there in Terre Haute on, on Sunday. I, I have a friend – Mark Barnheiser's son, Braxton Barnheiser, didn't play against you guys. He's got a stress fracture, but he's a very good mm-hmm. player. And Mark, Mark has been a friend of mine forever. Uh, and we were talking about that game, and he said, hey, you know what? He said, Josh, you got something going over there. And, and he could see it in that game. And I watched you guys last night, and I got what he was talking about. You have a very unique mixture of uh, upperclassmen, of youth, <laughs> athleticism, shooting, I mean, really, you got a lot, and you showed it last night, of, of what is necessary to win at a high level in that league. Yeah, you know, we, we feel like, you know, obviously the first year is always tough. You know, you're transitioning, and we had to kind of cobble a roster together to, to be competitive, you know, to try to be competitive. And, you know, we started off with two guys in April and, 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 and pieced it together as best we could. And this year is a lot different, uh, mainly because – you know, we were really fortunate to have um, a bunch of guys come back. You know, Cooper Nice got hurt last night, um, but uh, and he's going to be okay. Thankfully, it's a bone bruise. Looked a lot worse on on TV than it was. Thank God. But uh, um, but you know, Coop coming back, Cam Henry coming back, Caleb Stevens, all those guys graduating and deciding to return uh, was huge. We returned six of our top seven scorers, and then we were able to go out and add some really good pieces. And when we had that as a <clears throat> foundation returning. Uh, we were able to go out and find the pieces we needed to accentuate those other guys. And, you know, now we have a team that's much more in line with, with how we want to play. And, you know, at this level, it always comes down to, you know, the talent, the depth and character of, of the guys you have. And, you know, we really feel like, you know, we, we, we have a lot of that. You know, playing Drake last night, we lose Cooper, you know, midway through the first half. <clears throat> One of other players, Cade McKnight, you know, out with illness. And, uh, and you know, we're able to go out and, and, and piece it together and, and, you know, find a way to get it done last night, last year. Um, you know, Cooper's playing 37 minutes a game for us. And he gone, you know, he missed five games with, with different stuff. And, you know, it's tough for us to be we, – we couldn't overcome, you know, those type of things that happened in the season, just didn't have the depth to do it. This year's roster, the, the, the flexibility, the versatility we have, both offensively and defensively, is night and day compared to where we were last year. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm kind of curious, too. Did you uh, – was that your major focus in, in bringing guys in? It seems like you really – and to me that seems like it's hard to do. I know a lot of people, Josh, would suggest with the transfer portal situation now that, that maybe it's easier. But it, to me it doesn't seem like it's easier because you've you got a lot of variables working here. You want to, the right collection on the floor but also mm-hmm. off the floor, guys that are cohesive with one another. How difficult is that to do in such a short time span? No, it is. I mean, you're, you're trying to gauge. I mean, there's, there's fits and, and 
um, you're, you're gauging people's fit in a lot of different aspects, right? There's, there's of course, the systematic fit. Uh, the way we play is really unique in college basketball. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, how fast we play and, and the freedom we give our guys and trying to teach them, you know, how to play as opposed to running a lot of plays. And counterintuitively, it's actually much harder. So, you know, you're looking at guys who have, you know, high skill, high IQ, um, you know, and these types of things that fit systematically. And then, of course, you know, what you want to do and what you believe in culturally, um, you know, because you, you got to stay true to that. And with the portal, um, you know, people are going to think we well, just go in and just, you know, bring in a whole new team. But you're not, you know, you're not collecting talent. You're assembling a team. And assembling a team is like putting a puzzle together. And it's really uh, how the pieces complement each other. You could get really good players, but if they get in each other's way and they step on each other's toes, then they're all going to, you know, not be what they're capable of being. You're not going to reach your ceiling. So it's really about, you know, how they complement each other, how they fit together systematically, and then in terms of, you know, culturally. And that's, you know, when you're going in the portal, uh, really staying true to that and, and not deviating from that. So it's, it's really, you know, trying to be selective with, with what you take. And I thought we were able to, to do that last year. And then the other thing is I think the climate today is, you know, designed to where every rule that's been implemented the last, you know, since I've been here with the portal and the NIL and all this stuff, you know, is designed to fracture continuity, right? And I think in Indiana State, you know, for us to be successful, you know, we and, and to build a program that's sustainably year in, year out can be competitive, um, we've got to go against the grain. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, we got to have corporate knowledge. we got to have continuity. And, and, you know, so our ability to retain our guys, to keep them, to have that corporate knowledge, I think that's kind of our secret sauce. And we were able to do that last year despite a rough year. You know, six of our top seven guys all decided to return. We were able to get the right pieces in, and now we got a team that's competitive. Now our ability to do that is going to be the ability to retain some of these talented young guys we have in our program, keep developing them, and then obviously add the right pieces here again as we move forward, but to do that year in, year out. You learn every day on how to deal with both the transfer portal and NIL because I'm assuming for for Indiana State, I'm, I'm assuming others within the MVC, it makes it even that much more difficult to try to sustain and, and keep that mm-hmm. cohesive team together year after year. Yeah, because, I mean, it's one thing if you can go out and replace your team every year with, you know, one-and-done guys or NBA guys, but and even some of the schools at the, you know, at this level can maybe go out and recruit a bunch of Power 5 transfers. But I don't think, you know, that's what – you know, you're going to be able to do at Indiana State or realistically do at Indiana State. Um, so, yeah, it makes it hard. I think you got to really uh, be in tune with who you're recruiting. And it's not just the kid, uh, but it's, it's the kid's inner circle, right? And it's who's advising yeah. those kids. It's who's, it's who's around those kids. It's who, you know, so if you can get the right kids with the right, you know, the right inner circle, then I think you have a chance at, at, at continuity. And continuity will drive sustainability if we're going to be – if we're going to build a sustainable program where, you know, year in, year out, we're competitive, I think at Indiana State, again, that it has to be through that ability to, to keep guys in every single rule now with immediate eligibility, the ability for guys to go in and they like one of your players. And, you know, it's not, it doesn't happen exactly like this, but somebody come in and say, man, you know, we really like that kid. He's a freshman. He's good or a sophomore. We'll give him, you know, $100,000 to come to our place. And, you know, you can't, you know, at Indiana State match that. So what you got to have is, the right people you got to do what you can and then you got to have a culture that uh ultimately kids really want to be a part of they enjoy it and it's kind of a similar at lmu where i was um 
you know, we had a couple guys, you know, playing the NBA with a bunch of guys play pro basketball and they stayed division two and they didn't transfer up. And I think that was based on, you know, the way we did things and uh, the culture we built there. And hopefully we can do something similar here. But again, the rules, of course, every, every rule has made that, you know, more difficult than it was, you know, 24 months ago. Josh Hurts is the head coach of Indiana State, 7-1 of the season last night, 75-73 over the Drake Bulldogs. A big win in the Holman Center. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. What I noticed last night is uh, got off to a really good start, did not close the first half, I'm sure, like you would want, but still had an eight-point lead. And what impressed me the most is into the second half, I mean, you could see the veteran presence of Drake taking over. I mean, simply put, they have three dudes, three dudes that have been there and done that on the highest of levels here, and they were taking over that game. And I loved it. Your guys got down, but your guys fought back, regained the lead, and then put it away, and then put it away on the defensive end. What's your impression of what went down last night in both halves and and your impression on how they closed out the game considering how they closed out the first half? Yeah, no, I, I, I thought we really, for the first 18 minutes, I thought we were terrific. I had a 13-point lead with about a minute to go, and, and then we couldn't have closed the half any, any more poorly, um, you know, back-to-back turnovers against a, a soft press, and next thing you know, it's eight-point game at half. And um, you're right, Drake is, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, undefeated coming in last night and, and picked to win the Valley for a reason. They've, they've got great experience. Um, they've been in the NCAA tournament. They've won games in the NCAA tournament. Uh, it's a veteran group that wasn't going to be rattled. And uh, we knew it was going to be a, you know, one of those deals where, uh, you know, we're going to have to, you know, play the entire 40. And um, I was really proud of our guys because one of the things I think all really good teams, regardless of sport, uh, have is a, is a collective uh, resilience, right, a collective grit. And you don't know if you have it until you got to produce it. And you can talk about it or, you know, but, but you know you have talent, you know you have these things, but, you know, when when adverse can you handle the good times and bad times appropriately and together and can you respond with that collective grit and i thought we stayed connected through the adversity because it was really easy down five with 245 to play for us to fold our tents and go home we got a 14 point lead we lost one of our best players you know uh they had taken control of the game and um we, we made some really big plays down the stretch and you know, Drake, for us in our league in the Missouri Valley, is that team that, you know, seems to always find a way, is the kind of the toughest kid in the block. And so for our guys to, to show that level of mental toughness and be able to, you know, play the next play the right way and do their job and, and, and regardless of circumstances and not give in when really it would have been easy to, I think is a credit to them and shows that, you know, we have some of that inner stuff, inner fiber stuff that you need to be a good team. You know, it's more than just talent. It's more than, than uh, you know, depth. It's more than those things that makes a good team. you got to have some, some inner fiber stuff, some mental toughness, some grit, some, some resilience. And I thought we, we demonstrated that last night. It's uh, Josh Schertz, the head coach of Indiana State, coming off that win over Drake with his V the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Uh, we know him very well, Corvassi and McCauley from here in Indianapolis. How comforting is it to have a dude – He's the type of guy that can go out and get you a basket when you need a basket. And, and not a lot of guys can do that. Certainly he can. How comforting is that for you to have that type of offensive weapon on your team? Yeah, it's a, it's a game changer. You know, it's something we didn't have really last year. You know, Coop and Cam Henry are great players in their own right. But neither guy is a guy who can just go get a basket whenever they want to. You know, we had one guy on our team last year that could do that. And, you know, and Tyree Key got hurt, you know, a week before the season. And so, you know, we had to play without that. And um, 
that makes closing games really difficult. You know, we lost a lot of close games last year. If you go back in the Valley, I think we lost three games in overtime and, and, you know, a bunch of others by one or two possessions. And, you know, having guys that down the stretch can just go get a basket when the game slows down. You know, you always say, you know, the first, you know, 36 minutes of a game, you care, you know, the, who, you know what kind of shots you're getting. And the last four minutes of a close, care, a close game, you care who is getting those shots, right? And, you know, when you have a guy that you put the ball in his hand, game slows down, you kind of, for lack of a better term, you know, get it out the mud and just go make a play and make a tough shot. Uh, to have a guy like that in your corner is, is a huge deal. And I think the really good teams have it because there's a lot of close games in the Valley. You know, Tucker DeVries is that guy for Drake. Everybody's got that guy, Domas, for, for Southern Illinois. A.J. Green for Northern Iowa last year was a big reason why they were able to, you know, win a championship. And so um, having a guy like Tavassier that can do that is, is you know, it, it, it does definitely helps you sleep better at night. And, and in that critical late-game offensive package, uh, there's no question where that ball's going. No doubt. I'll tell you what else. It looks like he's kind of throwing back to the era in which you and I played basketball because he's got some of the smallest shorts I've seen <laughs> since 1983. Oh, he looks like that. It's unbelievable. They, get, they seem to get shorter as the game goes on. If it's amazing, I don't know if they're like, they go from like uh, swim trunks to Speedos by the last uh, media time. I have no idea what he's doing to how, to how they should in game, but it's, it's amazing. They start with material and then, I don't know what he's doing, but by the end, it's like he's wearing a pair of Speedos out there. Thank God he's got the leggings on. <laughs> Just, I never thought it was comfortable for me to be wearing those. Is there a no, level of comfort he, I don't know. in that? I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. It, you know, everything goes in extreme. So, you know, it was like the baggy shorts that basically, uh, you know, touched your shoe tops for a while. And, and I don't know how people played in those. And now I don't know, I don't know what he's doing. That's at a whole different level of uh, John Stockton is embarrassed for him. I'll say that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Those are by far the the shortest and the tightest in college yeah, basketball right now. You got to look at what he's wearing. I don't know. It's it's it's. A, I looked at it last night. I mean, you know, last I was like, God, are they are they gotten shorter in the game? <laughs> like that. I don't know if the materials. Well, we not. I have no idea what's going on. But it was yeah. By the end, I was I was concerned for everybody. I didn't want it to. Thank God there was no overtime. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and, and listen, it's a good good news regarding Cooper too that that he is going to be yeah. okay and, and comes away with the bone bruise. You guys have one, two, three, four. You got four on the road. Who, who made your yeah. schedule up? Who do we have to beat up for doing that? You know who you can talk to is Graves made the schedule. So yeah, what what is he doing? Put <laughs> us in four consecutive road games. You want to blame somebody? Hundred percent. That's on, <laughs> that's on Matthew Graves. That's uh, you know I, I don't want to pass the buck, but yeah, I'm gonna pass the buck and uh, and, and put it on him. But now it's. Uh, it worked out. You know, we, we, we played five, uh, five home games and three neutrals, and then we had this four-game stretch, and it just, it just worked out that these were, you know, uh, one game in the league, and then, you know, three of our non-conference road games were all kind of back-to-back-to-back. So uh, yeah. we won't be home until the 22nd, um, but we'll see. I mean, you know, you learn about your team as you go on, and we talked about the you know, resilience and grit last night in that game down the stretch, and now – you know, you get to go see how you play away from home because that's a whole different aspect, too. I think there's a level of, you know, mental toughness and a level of, you know, togetherness that's got to be, you know, on the road where you don't have the home crowd cheering for you and you're not in your element, you're not comfortable, uh, but you got to have to be a good team as well because if you only play well at home, you know, that's very much an average team. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I think I'm looking forward to that. And then, of course, you know, how we respond to, to last night because, you know, you have some success and, you know, as I told the guys, you know, that Tucker DeVries shots, another inch of the right, 
you know, I'm an idiot and they're chokers and he missed it to the left uh, an inch and, you know, everything's good. But, uh, uh, you know, it doesn't change anything and, and you got to respond and be ready to move forward and get ready for your next turn at bats. I'm interested to see at the older market good teams, they can learn while they win. They can improve while they win. They don't have to have setbacks to get better. And so I'm interested to see how we respond Saturday at Miami of Ohio. Yeah, no doubt about that. Saturday, Miami of Ohio, and then Wednesday and Sunday of next week in Southern Illinois and down in Evansville at uh, Southern Indiana coming up on the 11th. Josh Schertz is the head coach of Indiana State, year number two, and the Sycamores were off to a 7-1 and one start last night, knocking off Drake over at the Holman Center. Pleasure. We will do it again. Hey, man, I'm going to be your beacon over here in Indy. All right? So wherever you need me, let me know. Anytime. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much for all you do for us at ISU. I really appreciate it. Give, give Graves some crap for me, too, okay? You got it. I'm happily happy to do it, John. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you, Josh. Josh Schertz, the head coach of Indiana State. Andy Moore on the Bonnet Fruit Potline. Mike Chappell, top of the hour. We'll come back. Some thoughts about that and more. And what was a big night in college hoops here locally last night for everybody. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. Awesome! Totally awesome! All right, Hamilton. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. I think I'm taking up residency in Fishers. I've been up here three out of four days this week, and I love it. Parks Place Pub, Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul Tequila Shots today. No betting analyst, Brent Alverson, but Kyle Udemark stood in his place, and Matt Whitlow, who's one of the owners here at Parks Place, was in for Matt Sleater. It was a good time. Our picks are in. Week 13 starts with the Bills and the Patriots coming up later on tonight. Week 13 marks the return of Deshaun Watson. He will start against his former team, the Texans, coming up on Sunday for the Browns. Nothing quite works out like it works out in the NFL. The rest of the world needs to work out kind of like the NFL has things work out. We'll talk more about that. Josh Schertz, the head coach of Indiana State. Big win last night for everybody around here with the exception of the Pacers. IU, Purdue, Butler, big win last night. Notre Dame, big win last night. And my Indiana State Sycamore, 7-1 and one, and knocking off Drake at home. Josh Schertz is their second-year head coach. Was really good. That podcast, 107.5fan.com. Downtown Slippery Noodle coming up tomorrow. That is a Bud Light Blue Friday. I've got Chargers Colts tickets ready for you. That's coming up tomorrow on a Bud Light Blue Friday at the legendary Slippery Noodle. And I believe, if you guys want to meet me, I believe that I've been talked into going to see anybody ever seen 16 Candles? Not the film, the John Hughes film, but the band, the 80s cover band. I think 16 Candles, the 80s cover band. I've never seen. 
and people kind of piss and moan at me all the time. Oh, you're an 80s guy. You've never seen it. Apparently, they're playing on Georgia Street tomorrow, I guess, early in the evening. So I think we'll all just go to the noodle, get a drink on with Bud Light, as we normally do on a Friday, and then mosey on up to Georgia Street and check out for the first time 16 candles before I call it an evening. So join me at the Noodle beginning at 3 tomorrow. Maybe you can pick up some tickets to go see the Chargers and the Colts in a couple of weeks. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline from CBS 4 and Fox 59, he is Mike Chappell, and he is joining us right now. Um, Besides the Kenny Moore injury and what took place on Monday night, uh, have have we now come to... The opinion, I know I have, I guess I'm asking you this, that what was all put together for the past six years, where they were building this to go, it's just simply put not going to make it, and it has failed. And at the end of the season, they talk about all the time, Mike, you know, a complete and utter reevaluation under the microscope top to bottom. Um, This has to be real because this thing just to me, is broken in terms of not being able to win and work at the level on which they thought. Are you there with me? I, I'm getting there with you. I, I don't know how you quickly fix it. I, I really don't. Let's, you know, we all anticipate them taking a quarterback in April. You know, they're going to finish, what, six, six, seven, eight in the draft. Right. And that means, you know, you're going to get probably, depending on how aggressive you can be moving up, if you really like a guy, Houston's going to take a quarterback, and then you're going to have Detroit and Carolina. I just don't know how you you can move up high enough, say if you really like a guy who's number two. I don't know how you move up up to get him. So you're going to get the third guy maybe, maybe the fourth guy if, if it's that deep. You know, and the closer we get, to the draft, the more everyone's going to start picking these guys apart. Well, they aren't that, you know, they're too short or whatever. They're a system guy. So I just don't, let's say they get the third best guy, the the Kentucky kid. I don't know. Well, he's not going to be ready to play. So next year is, is, is a developmental year. And does that mean you bring back Matt Ryan? And if not, Matt, okay, let's say you don't want Matt Ryan. Then who? But Derek Carr, uh, Marcus Mariota, you got to have somebody to once again. Here we go with the bridge, the bridge to the next guy. So, wh- however they do it, it's going to be next year is going to be is more growing pains, but simply because. And the only question again is 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 how much <laughs> dynamite does the owner use? You know, a little bit. He's already used some with the head coach and does he just nuke it? Uh, I, and I can argue both ways. I can probably stronger one way than the other, but to, 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 to just say that Ballard, Ballard has done nothing good is wrong. If you put, get the old yellow sheet of paper out and put the good on one side and the bad on the other, I can come up with 15 or 20 really good moves. I mean, quality moves. And on the other side, it's going to be, Quarterback, left tackle, edge, pass rusher. That hasn't worked. I think Quiddy Page got a chance. I think I think he's shown us that he's got a chance to be pretty good. But you're no further along at quarterback or left tackle, and and, and you know maybe we'll see enough over the last month, six weeks of Bernard Ryman that that this will be a very positive experience, and he can be your guy next year, perhaps. 
but there's just there's just flaws in it and you know if you blow it up and you go with the new GM you're really you're really tearing it down to the studs and if you're one of those guys that says that's what you need to do then then brace yourself for a couple years of, of rebuilding it this isn't like you know I saw it in like in college basketball you know you get a couple of recruiting classes and you can turn something around pretty quick the NFL is not quite that way, especially when you're deficient in, in the key position. So I keep going back and forth on what they might do and what they should do, and I really don't know. I, I think I think the owner really, really believes in and trusts Chris Ballard. I, I do. I, I believe that. Now, whether that, you know, is him coming back and, and, and fix this, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, at the at the Jeff Saturday press conference, you know, he basically said, "Yeah, he's coming back." You know, it's not even on my my thought process or consciousness, whatever whatever the word he used. But things change, things change. But you better be darn sure when you make a change at that level, because it's changing everything. It, it's just, and let's say you get a head coach. If it's not Jeff Saturday, and I tend to think it's not, and you bring in a head coach who wants control, more control than normal head coaches, then, then what does that do to the GM position? So there, there's so many questions. And we've talked about it either this past offseason or two or two offseasons ago about how this is the most important offseason in the franchise in a long time. Well, here we are again. You know, So I, I don't know. I don't have the answers. I can argue both ways. And, and I, I, I keep coming back to the that I really believe that Jim Irsay trusts Chris Ballard. And so maybe he's back. I really don't know. Who do you think he would trust more, Jeff Saturday or Chris Ballard, to perform their respective job at the highest level? Chris Ballard. I love Jeff Saturday. I do. And this goes back to all the the years as a player, and I've dealt with him in off seasons and during the CBA stuff. He's just a quality, quality person. And a quality leader, but I, yeah, I. You mean Jeff coming back as the head coach or a GM? No, I either. I mean, either one. And here's why I, I asked that is because it was clear that Chris Ballard wasn't on the same page. And no then question. you had just, yeah, you you just had mentioned that you know if you were being asked right now, you don't think that Jeff is coming back as the head coach, and maybe that doesn't burn any bridges i don't know maybe it does maybe i'm looking into it too much but it just seems like for jim mercy to go down the path in which he did that would make this entire thing even with the disappointment that was set again anyway but it kind of makes this entire thing a fiasco if if jeff is not able or capable or trusted or wants to return well, yes, I know what you mean. Does a new GM or head coach want to come in when you've got an owner who's got his fingers all over it? Uh, the owner would have to convince whomever comes in at either position that, that by and large, you're going to have control over what you do, whether it's head coach or the GM. And we've seen that you know, three of the main decisions over the last 12 months have been unilateral. So... And, and it didn't take, you know, a body language expert to see that Chris Ballard wanted to be like 30 different places 
that yeah. Monday night, and and he, then he hasn't he hasn't agreed with what's going on. But but it, it's it's the owner's team, so he can do what he damn well pleases. But that doesn't mean you have to be on board with it. So I I, I think somehow the owner needs to say I'm going to have I'm going to offer my input, but you you can do your job. And, and having said that. The three major moves say otherwise, so it, it's difficult. But but I don't think that's going to limit your your people that want to come here. It's there's one of thirty two. There just are both head coaches and GMs, and if you've got an up and comer, either in the college ranks or a, a hot, you know, coordinator, they're they're gonna they're gonna come here. They just will. I mean, even with I would say. It's crazy, but if I'm a GM or a head coach, more more of the head coach, I would be more concerned, not with an owner who exerts himself, but with the fact that you've got no plan at quarterback, other than, other than we're probably going to draft one in April, because that's so that because that head coach coming in there, whether it's Jeff Saturday or Tony Dungy comes back or who Jim Hart, whomever, it's going to be a year or two before you're going to be able to really step up and be the team you want to be because that that's what it takes. There aren't many Peyton Manning was three and 13 as a rookie and he had some pretty good players. He had Marshall Falk, you know, Marshall Falk and, and Marvin and Tariq Glenn and, and all these guys, he had a pretty good team around him, but they won three games. So it's just going to take time to do that. But, but having said, I, I still think that I still think it's an attractive job because there's only 32 of them. And I just don't think, Guys are going to say, "Well, yeah, I, I think there's something better in a month or three weeks or whatever." You know, who else is open? Carolina is open. I mean, what have they got? I mean, <laughs> what have they got other than a, other than a better draft pick than the Colts do? So it, 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 it's it's not ideal, but I still think you can get, for the most part, who you want to get because I just don't think coaches turn things down, turn opportunities down. And, and boy, if you're a GM, if it's not Chris Ballard, I, I hope Chris comes back. I just do because uh, I'm, that's just me. But I, I just believe if you're, a, if you're a GM who really believes in himself, you believe you can turn this around because that's what you, that's what you do. That's who you are. But it's, it's, it, I, I just don't see a quick fix And the fan base. Cannot like to hear that. You know, they, they talk about tanking and all that, and okay, fine. You, then, then you're getting the third best or the instead of the second best quarterback, whatever. But whoever you get, I, I don't see anybody hyping these guys as this guy's going to come in and play right away and turn a team around. I don't get that on any of these guys. There's no Manning or or Andrew Luck waiting to do that. So it, it, it's it, it's funny. It's what Jeff Saturday said, and we've talked a lot about it. It's easy to fire people. It's tougher to replace them. You know, we've talked about when you're cutting your roster, hey, you can cut guys. And the old joke was when you're cutting to 53, some guy says, hey, you're down to 45. You know, you got to stop. So it's easy to cut guys. It's harder to replace them, especially when you're going to have, you've got to find a quarterback, maybe a left tackle, maybe a nice pass rusher if you don't bring Ngakwe back. So, it, it's it, there's a lot of work to do at a lot of the key positions. I, I I still like parts of this roster, I really do. But there's a lot of work to do. You know, right now, I you've got 
what maybe three linemen that you like. You know, if Ryan Kelly can can kind of reclaim what he was, I think Braden Smith played has played pretty well. I thought he played great against Pittsburgh. I thought Ryman played pretty well. I was probably harsh on him on the sack he gave up. Apparently, they they ran a different play than what he anticipated. Yeah, he was on the wrong he was on the wrong page. I think there. So yeah. Right. Well, that's, but, but that's let's, tough. let's say that's the only, let's say that's the only play that he missed, and I thought he played pretty well most of the game. But when, when that happened, that, that's the bad part about left tackle. You know, you, you mess up one or two plays, and you had a bad game. When really, you maybe played pretty well. But I, hey, I just think there's yeah. a, lot of, a lot a lot of work to do in a lot of spots. Mike Chapel joins us. I'm curious. Why does it, and I don't think it's just why does it seem, I think why does, why does Jim Ursay clearly in this case give much more leverage to Chris Ballard than he did to Frank Reich? Because it doesn't seem to me, as you mentioned, I mean, Frank, Frank Reich had some victories, just like Chris Ballard has had some victories, but it seems like that Jim Ursay has put more stock into those victories than he did you know, the accountability-wise that he ultimately put on the shoulders in firing Frank Reich. Why is it that way when these guys have worked together and they've both received the same results? Why does, why does with Jim Mercer in mind, why does he get more leverage than Frank did? That's a good point. You know, because he's given more, more power to the guy, you know, the old Bill Parcells, the guy who bought the groceries and not the cook. You know, cause, because, you know, Frank Reich dealt with what he had. And what he had was not enough. It's a very good point because there's no question that that the, the construction of the roster is a result of what Chris Ballard and his, and his scouting staff has done. You know, and again, I can I can you know rattle off twelve, fifteen, really really good, solid draft picks in free agent signings and trades and all that, but. I think with Frank, I really think Frank's line of demarcation was was the Carson Wentz decision. I really do. I think I think he had to do a hard sell on the owner and on Chris Ballard. I think they were all I think they were all on board with Philip Rivers. I think I don't care what anybody says. They were all on board with Matt Ryan. They were. I anyone who says that that there was hesitancy, I don't believe that at all. I just don't. But Carson Wentz, I think Frank had to do a hard sell. And I'm not saying the owner said, okay, I hope you're right. If you're not, you know, you got hell to pay. I don't think he said that. But I, I, I think that really irritated, irritates the owner. And, and I think that he, he lost a lot of – Frank lost a lot of the trust – and look at it. They what? What they're four seven and one. And remember how last year went. So they're four nine and one over their last thirteen fourteen games. And and some of them have not been pretty. So it, it, yeah, it's it, it is strange because in, in most NFL dynamics, how things go generally are more a result of the construction of the team the roster than the head coach. The head coach can only do so much. It's the old thing about, you know, a coach says, give me better players. And the, and the GM guy says, well, coach them up better. You know, it's, so I'd rather have better players, you know, but, but, but again, I, I think there's a lot of good pieces, but the ones that are missing are really debilitating, but no, you're right. It, it's, it's, it, it's gonna, it's gonna be odd and people are gonna really be critical 
if they keep Chris Ballard, although, again, I can, I can argue strong. I can probably all argue a strong one, one way or the other because, you know, I went to school in journalism and I, I got a lot of BS in me. So I, I can argue both, but you're right that, 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 that he's putting more, that he's put more faith in the GM than the head coach. And I don't know whether it's because you think you can replace the, the head coach easier and it's less as disruptive as it is, it's less disruptive when it's the head coach and not the I, GM. I'll be honest with you. I, I think that in, in more ways than one, it seems like Jim Irsay has really let Carson Wentz destroy destroy things here. I mean, you think about the dynamic at work. I mean, and the reasons why. I mean, it, and we keep going back to, listen, I know Frank Wright needed to go after that New England game, but I, I just I can't honestly sit here and believe that you give Ballard an opportunity to reboot something that he had deeply rooted convictions in this build, unlike anybody else, and really going against the grain at what builds you a winning football program in the NFL. And, Mike, it's failed. It has absolutely failed. And while you get an opportunity to reboot, other than the fact that you just don't want to start from scratch or – I mean, you've blown it up already with what you've done midseason-wise with Frank Reich and bringing in somebody off the set of ESPN – I just I don't know how you could have or fashion any more belief where this thing is going. It is going to be year number seven. I just don't know how many general managers get seven years of opportunity to show any results whatsoever. And that's the argument that it's valid. It just is, and it's hard to argue against that. It's a bottom line business. It is, and that's why it's going to be very interesting how he does it. But I'm telling you, I've, I've talked to Jimmy, and other guys have as well, and he 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 has not unwavering trust and right. faith in, in Chris. If no, you're case, right. You're he, absolutely right, yeah. Because if he had more trust, in it, then maybe he would have let Chris talk him out of a, a couple of moves he made. But, so, yeah, I don't, it, it's interesting. It's really interesting, and it makes, on some level, no sense. Because, again, in, in most places – it, it, when you, you know, when you when you kind of divvy out the blame, it's like sixty forty, and the, and the GM is is more to blame because again, he built the roster. Yes, with input from everybody else, but but he built the roster because this is how we want to do things. And you're right, they've done it going against the grain because how many teams are built like this? So, you know, uh, Tennessee, you know, and, and it really rubs the owner that they're on, on in route again to another division title. You know, Frisco, Frisco's getting by without a great quarterback. They're getting by with a guy who's just okay. Uh, there's not a lot of teams that are built this way. It, it's it's a passing league. It's been a passing league since Peyton. You know, but I think it is core. I, I still go back to the Chris's uh, introductory press conference, and I, I sort of asked him, I said, how, how enticing was it to come here knowing you've got Andrew Luck? And this is before they knew they were not going to have Luck that first year. He said, it, it can't be, it'll never be about one guy. Well, I, I know what he's saying, but it's about one guy. It, it, it's, it's, I would much rather have, and we've had here, flawed rosters and a stud quarterback, which is what they had during the luck years, more than Peyton, because Peyton, Peyton was surrounded by some really, really quality talent. And luck, not so much. But that, that quarterback makes that much, I'd rather have, a flawed roster with a stud quarterback than a really, really strong roster and 
you know, j- just a guy. Because just a guy is not good enough. So it, it, it's, yeah. it's really going to be interesting. And, you know, as soon as the season's over in January, it's going to get interesting here because all of a sudden <laughs> it's going to be, well, what are you, it's going to be head coach, GM, and then the draft. So it, it's going to be a busy three or four months when the season's over. Yeah, I still have more. I just, I kind of look at this and I just, I wonder why. And I, I, I don't, I don't like to come on here and be fire everybody jackass. I'm just not that way. But I, I've just have simply said I think we have seen enough, and I don't know why it, it's seemingly not as as clear with the owner in this case. Hey, Mike, before I let you go, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, twofold question here. Uh, one, will Matt Ryan survive the game on Sunday night in Dallas? <laughs> uh, two, uh, what odds do you have on Matt Ryan being a part of this team in year number two? Uh, I, 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 the odds are better on him, on him being here next year than surviving the game. Because, <laughs> again, if you don't want to bring him back, then you got to find somebody yeah. else. You, you, right. Derek Carr, I mean, Mariota, who? you got to have somebody. Yep. Uh, yep. Sunday's just a bad. You talk about bad matchups. I mean, that, Dallas with that pass rush, and you know, I think they, they, I think they lead the league in sacks. And you, this team's given up forty some. They better run the be Jesus out of Jonathan Taylor, and hopefully, we won't have those fumbles that are just coming up way too frequent with the best player on the team. But I, this is one of those matchups. It's just not. It's not very favorable. In many, the thing is, Dallas can be run on, so you better really be able to run on them because if you if you if you throw the ball forty times, your quarterback's going down quite a bit. Yeah, well, I mean, I I don't know if you throw it that much. I where, where are they throwing it to? I mean, what, why is it necessary? I guess. I mean, I know you got to throw it, but. He looks completely incapable of doing anything 20 yards down the field that's even close to being on a line or a cable here. Yeah, until they get some kind of a, at least a threat of a, of a deep passing game. Boy, the Pittsburgh, the DBs were just, were just crunching on these receivers. Yep. There's no separation because they don't honor, they don't even, even think that you're going to throw the ball deep. And until they can do that, I don't know, it, it makes everything hard when you play in a phone booth. And I, you know, the, the, their deep passing plays with that that jump ball to to Michael Pittman, and if they get a guy like on a crossing route and, and he runs with it, it's you. I was talking to Reggie today, and he, you know, like with Alec Pierce, has sort of had a quiet month, and primarily because he he's their he, he, what he does best is get outside and go deep, and they just can't take shots with him. He says, "You know me, I, I think we need to take a shot every every quarter." Just, just, just to keep them honest, but that's not part of the game plan right now. And, and you know, maybe the first play on Sundays, uh, they send Ashton Doolin, who's who's been completely invisible. They, they run him deep and try to get something, but it's it's difficult. It's almost impossible to play offense in this league if you can't protect. And I think they protected pretty well against Pittsburgh. And it, you can at least occasionally throw the ball down the field. It's tough to do. Yeah, hey, hey, by the way, you think Reggie Wayne, I guess it's going to be dependent upon who the head coach would be ultimately, but you think Reggie Wayne wants to coach again next year? I think I think it'll be the situation. Uh, you know, and does, if, if there's a new coach, does he want Reggie back? I, I would think so because he's, you know, 
he's a quality teacher. I never thought Reggie was a, a lifer. I just didn't, you know, three or four years. I, I don't know. But I think he's done a great job, a really good job in the circumstances. But, but you know, that's one of those, the over-under of three years, what would you take? But uh, I think he's held up really well. And it, it will depend on the situation. And, and coming back, knowing that you're in, you're in the bottom floor of a rebuilding process, that's tough. That's tough on coaches, too. What's the over-under on you getting another late phone call before the end of this regular season from Jim Irsay trying to explain something that somebody's been critical about decision-making-wise? You at least got one oh, more in you, don't you? It'll happen. I, I keep looking for that, that you know, no ID or something on my phone, and I know who it is. And I'm sad I don't get a call during the day and say, like, hey, what are you doing <laughs> saying this about my general manager? You don't know Jack Squat. I'm looking, always looking for that, and I never get it. Well, hey, I, I'm one of those. I'm, I'm like that psychiatrist. If you need to lay down on the couch and vent to me, dial me up and talk, and I'll listen yeah. to you. And you know, and then you'll do what you're going to do. But the, just just know my phone's always on. <laughs> oh boy, it is. All right. Well, hey, we'll see what happens coming up in in Dallas coming up on Sunday night. Is Mike Chaplin CBS Four? Eleven points is ten and a half. Eleven points enough for you? Would, would you take the total points? Is. And uh, with, with the offense that we have seen and that defense, you just have just such a bad combination, as we've talked about, between protection, weak arm quarterback, immobile quarterback, and just on fire defense getting after the quarterback right now. It's a horrible combination. Wouldn't you love to see the Colts pull the upset and Jerry Jones try to explain things after the game? I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I will say this. The Colts normally – rise to the occasion against yep. the better teams. They do do that. I agree. I, they just, again, uh, I like you, though. It's just when it's so hard to score, it, it just it just puts so much pressure on the defense. The defense has played well, but you know one thing about the defense, this team's had the lead in the fourth quarter, the last three home games, and they've given it up. So it, 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 as much pressure they put on the defense, the defenses need to play just a little bit better. It's not fair, but that's the way it is. Because this offense yeah. is not going to—it's not going to all of a sudden start scoring 25, 30 points a game. That's not going to. Yeah, happen. I mean, you give up one hundred and seventy some yards on the ground to a bunch of dudes. Whenever the main dude, you know, Najee Harris goes out, Benny, I mean, Benny Snell, Benny, Benny Snell is, Jr. I think it was absolutely on the defense right there. That's, so I have no that, doubt. That, this that, is, was, that was not good. This has just been a discombobulated mess of a season, and there's just yep. no way around that. There's no way of but softening they, 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 that they, stance. But they can kick 50-yard field goals. Yeah, well, yeah. and then some moments they have it. So, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's like it's like this. This team has done this team has done something well occasionally or sometimes, but they've never in a single game, not even Kansas City, really put it all consistently together. Not even the Raiders. I mean, there's always right. been a malfunction somewhere, and that is, to me, a, a sign of a discombobulated and malfunctioned team. That's what you got. Can't ar- I can't argue the point. You're right. All right, buddy. I appreciate you more than you know. We'll check in next week. Talk to you later. Mike Chapel of CBS 4 and Fox 59. I saw Carlos sent me this. I respect Carlos a great deal, and he knows that. He said, hey, JMV, here's the reason, because you can directly tie two lost AFC South titles to Frank's poor coaching decisions. Frank is still here with two division titles on his resume, but 
the fact remains that he isn't, and it's not like that Chris has performed well above, you know, where he was um, to justify, to me, the amount of leverage that he has given here. I don't get it. I don't get it. And even if we go and we compare in the, you know, the, the plus or the minus column for draft selections, my God, you're still about results. This is a completely discombobulated and lost season. And, and, and again, it seems like that, and I'm just talking about with the owner in mind here, the GM gets much more of a pass than anybody else has. Are we assuming that Jeff Saturday is going to get a similar pass if the losing continues? Will he even want to do it after this? Will they want him to do it after this? Ah, we'll get back to that. we got a lot of time to do that between now and the end of the regular season as well. Parks Place Pub. We are in Fishers. Larceny Bourbon Locks. Luna Zul Tequila Shots. we got you and me coming up on the other side. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107. Find the fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. Parks Place Pub. Fishers. My man Cam's the on-site engineer. Kyle Unimark's getting it done back at the station tomorrow. Legendary Slippery Noodle. Bud Light Blue Friday charges cold tickets to give away coming up tomorrow. If you are my age, 53, let's go 53, 10 years, maybe eight years subtracted from that, maybe 10, but certainly both 10 to 20 of an age group older than me. All right, let's just say, for example, if you're 65 to 45, at some point in your life growing up playing baseball, you tried to do something. You tried to throw a Gaylord Perry spitball at some point. Uh, baseball certainly back then meant a lot more just going out, for example, in the backyard and playing than it may for a lot of folks right now. But back then, when you were young, going through even pre-Little League through Little League at some point, it's kind of like the Joe Morgan batting stance with the elbow flap. We all did that. didn't matter if you were a Reds fan or a Dodgers fan or whatever. We all did that. We all did the Fernando Valenzuela, you know, looking up at the bill of under your cap before you threw it. We all did. We all did these things. And one of those things during my era, our era, was throwing or trying to throw a Gaylord Perry spitball. 
The Hall of Fame pitcher, the spitball master, passed away earlier today at the age of 84. And if you're a fan like I am of the film Major League, Ed Harris, who we've had on the show before, um, I'm trying to think what his name is right now. Um, Were you here when we had Ed Harris from Major League on the show, Kyle? Or was that Tony back in the day? Yeah, that was not me. His name is Kelsey... Kelsey something or other, because he also was in Hoosiers. But um, I got hooked up with him. This was like years ago, and we had him on the show, and we talked about uh, him being in Major League and playing Ed Harris. And, you know, he was putting everything on the ball and trying to get some movement on it. You know, an older pitcher. Uh, He was created fictitiously for that film with Gaylord Perry in mind. Gaylord Perry passed away, the Hall of Fame pitcher, at the age of 84 today, and that is incredibly sad. That is like a piece of our growing up baseball life as youngsters, especially if you're a member of Generation X. And we all did that. We all went for the spitter. Nothing ever happened. I mean, you never got any movement out of it, but we all tried to throw it. So, uh, Sky Point to now the late, great Hall of Fame pitcher, Gaylord Perry. And I also wanted to give a shout A friend of the show, John Martin. John Martin is a daily listener to the show. I've known him for a number of years going back to Perry Meridian. Uh, John Martin's mother passed away. And uh, his mother's funeral memorial service is tomorrow. And I wanted to send out a great deal of love and thought to John, his wife Stephanie, his family, uh, for the loss of his mother. Uh, a lot of you, if you're from a south side, maybe you're uh, Paramiridian, maybe Southport, uh, Whiteland, uh, you probably know John Martin. John Martin is one of the best guys ever. And John, we're thinking about you. John lost his mother. The funeral service is coming up tomorrow. And John, I just wanted to send you uh, our best and our thoughts on the loss of your mother. That's our friend, John Martin. All right, quick break, and we shall return. We have the Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day, I think for the final time coming up in just a second. We have that, and then we'll close out the show with more things live here in Fishers from Parks Place Pub, where we're going to be tomorrow. And then I got a shout-out on Twitter telling me that you better go see the band 16 Candles if you've never seen them. So we'll get to that and a lot more coming up before the top of the hour. This is 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Crummy snobatorium, but this whole place sucks. That's right, it sucks. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Hey, welcome back. Your Harris Hoosier Park Race of the Day winner, Jack Wright. 50 50 in betting and dining from Harris Hoosier Park Racing and Casino in Anderson. 
Uh, for the win, Major Crocker A paid 280. The place was 220. The show 210. Ward Dan A placed at 320. Showed at 260. Shockwave showed at 680. Your two dollar exact to pay out. 620. It was 2315 for the 50 cent trifecta payout. There it is. Your Harris Hoosier Park race of the day. I've had an outstanding day here. I've missed Brent Halverson a great deal. But at the same time, we had a stand-in. Kyle Udemark, Brent Halverson, our betting analyst on the road. Kyle Udemark was in for him. And uh, then Matt Whitlow was in for Matt Sleater, the owners, of course, of Park Place Pub up here in Fishers, where we are, with our Larcity Bourbon Locks and Luna's Will Tequila Shots Thursday. We got more to come for you regarding that. We also have, coming up tomorrow, a little Bud Light Blue Friday action. Downtown, the legendary Slippery Noodle. I've got Chargers Colts tickets to give away. That is coming up tomorrow. The Slippery Noodle downtown, always a blast. And then, from what I hear, I, I mentioned... I think it was uh, uh, Tony Donahue that actually told me that 16 Candles is playing on Georgia Street downtown. Coming up either it's early evening tomorrow, something like that. So maybe we just kind of mosey on over after the noodle and check out 16 Candles. Because people have asked me before, hey, you love the 80s. You talk about the 80s. You love 80s music. You do the JMV takeover, yet you've never seen 16 Candles, the band. And I haven't. So that's... Maybe what we'll do coming up tomorrow night after the Slippery Noodle and our Bud Light Blue Friday. Remember, things are changed around this weekend as well. Still no Jamby takeover during the Christmas music hiatus. We'll be back on New Year's Eve. But the Colts pregame huddle will lead you up. And remember, that's a Sunday night game at 830. So let's see here. 830, 730. I bet I start at 530. 5:30 we start coming up on Sunday with the Colts pregame huddle with me and Bill Brooks in studio and the Goreman on the road in Dallas for that Sunday nighter in Dallas between the Colts and the Cowboys. And again, to shout out to got uh, IU, Purdue, Butler, Notre Dame, Indiana State all getting wins last night. Pacers in action. I haven't heard anything regarding Jalen Smith. They play tomorrow night. That is going to be game number four of their seven-game Western Road Swing in Salt Lake City versus the Utah Jazz. Last night was not good. So if you did not stay up and watch it, you did not miss a thing. It was a blank show, a dreadful performance it was last night. We'll see if they can get it back coming up tomorrow night in Utah, and we'll talk about that coming up tomorrow afternoon. Josh Schertz, the second-year head coach of Indiana State, was outstanding. Indiana State, 7-1 and one to start the season, getting a win over Drake at home last night. And Josh Schertz, the head coach of Indiana State, was with us a little bit earlier. That podcast, 1075thefan.com. At some point, i got to work this out with IU. I know they've been getting with me. Uh, Trace Jackson Davis, at some point, is going to join us. We thought about doing it, I think, the day before yesterday, but I was actually going back to Tuesday, I think it was. And we couldn't make that work. But I think Trace is going to come on at some point early next week as well. I'll get Matt Painter back on uh, for Purdue as well with the way the Boilermakers have started because now you're going to get from both IU and Purdue a couple of Big Ten games. Uh, Butler, that big win over Kansas State last night was impressive and certainly much needed. 
And you know, as we mentioned, Notre Dame getting the win in the Big Ten ACC Challenge over Notre Dame last night. Just really great. You have a great reason to be happy with what took place as far as college basketball was concerned. And, of course, congratulations to all of our winners that are going down to the Bullseye events that are coming up on Saturday because the Boilermakers and the Wolverines are going to take part in the Big Ten title game. And we are setting you up with the best pregame party possible. The Bullseye Event Center with BullseyeEventGroup.com. If you need passes right now, log on, BullseyeEventGroup.com. And Kyle Kinnett will set you up. I should be at that for a little bit coming up on Saturday as well. You guys have been fantastic. I can't thank you enough, whether you're just listening on 93.5 or 107.5. The stream, the app, HD Radio, Inside the Lounge via YouTube Live, always an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for listening and Thank you very much for what you do with us on a daily basis. And our friends here, the Mats and everybody at Parks Place Pub in Fishers, you guys are outstanding. Tomorrow, standing reservations we have. The legendary Slippery Noodle Bud Light Blue Friday. Chargers Colts tickets to give away. Let's all reconvene at 3 o'clock at the Slippery Noodle coming up tomorrow. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for being a part. 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. Have a great night. Hey, fans, want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy it floors to your home, right, Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot? That's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana. I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations. Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Floors to Your Home. That's who.